a video game. Yeah, I think that's what it said. The uh, NBA 2K12. Yep. Stickers too. They got a record scratcher. That's crazy. Did yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like the original. Yeah. 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 Vinyl. The vinyl scratching DJ, not like. Yup. Man, I don't know. Jack didn't like them. Maybe he'll call tonight. Yeah, you better call. But, I well, think they're awesome. I just want to know what music you've made, Jack. <laughs> I should have made a song, but <laughs> all I was thinking of was, uh, I'm Jack. I'm Jack. I'm Jack. And maybe him in like a bikini top. It'd be hot. It'd be fucking hot. <laughs> so <laughs> just a big make some music, room. Jack. Yeah, like, I, I see him like laying in bed. With his fucking, yeah, the bikini top on and his stomach or his gut oiled up. <laughs> I'm Jack. <laughs> fucking hot. <laughs> What's up, guys? Robin Slim Show. We are uh, uh, back. Live! Live! December 3rd. Third. So what's going on, guys? How was, uh, how was everybody's Thanksgiving? It was great. I fucking saw family I hadn't seen in like over 10 years, probably. Got the loud fucking guineas all together. I had to walk outside. It's too loud. <laughs> <laughs> you only take like... 15, 20 minutes tops. <laughs> Once all those guineas are together, man, it's. Oh, fucking, man. Holy Tell me about shit. It. Like, I love them. I love them to death, but. Yeah. Um, and my cousin Jimmy, I hadn't seen him in like fucking 10 years, and 
he said, uh, I remembered it. Maybe he was like 11 or 12. He came down, because I was staying at my grandmother's at the time. And uh, he was like, I remember. I came down that time. I totally forgot this shit. He's like, you were the, the first time, the first person that let me watch South Park. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking awesome, that's dude. Cool. And uh, same thing, I had like CDs from the rat at the time, and I guess he thought it was awesome that I worked at a radio station, so I gave him like fast, what's, fastball or something? I don't know. Hmm. Well, I don't, fast, I don't fucking know. But he just said he thought it was awesome. He thought it was great. How was uh, the Thanksgiving show? I didn't do a Thanksgiving show. What? Well, the Slim he, Thanksgiving he, special? He wasn't here. He didn't get home until oh, like 12 o'clock. All you had to do was call me. I would have came could have did it alone. Right I couldn't. No, I couldn't. No, Why not? Because I can't, I can't do a solo show. Yeah, you I can. Play you crickets, Skype. Play crickets the whole time. That's you have Skype? You could have got on no, Skype no, with people. I'm awful if you by myself. called me, I would have went to the McDonald's and gotten the 220-piece <laughs> nugget boxes. Who ate the feast then? I did. I just sat here all by myself. I ate raisins, cried, masturbated four or five times. Um, nice. You know, that's it. Chicken nuggets. Oh, yeah. Did you do anything on Thanksgiving though? No, absolutely not. I didn't oh do anything. my god, man! He ate. I, uh, I ran a steak knife down your arm. Exactly. I yeah, had to work that night. Masturbated so. to uh, the picture on Team Rise. I was thinking since book. you didn't get to do a Christmas show, we could have Fishmas. Fishmas. Where we bare bottom spank you with. With like trout or something, <laughs> you just get a fucking fish you from shopping or something. Fishmas, <laughs> it'll be glorious. <laughs> Me and Pete and whoever else is here just take turns bare bottom spanking you with fucking like red snappers or trout. It'd be amazing. <laughs> somebody could dress as Santa too. You get on somebody's knee. Yeah, I can get on somebody's. That'd knee. be awesome. No, so stay tuned. I wanted to get the Santa costume for when we do the Asbury Park. Show. Are we doing that? I don't know. I haven't heard anything. That's if we do that. Well, I yeah. don't know, because I, I believe those guys uh, lost one of their members yeah. recently, so I don't know. Wait, what do you mean lost? Like, to Ebola? To Ebola, I think so. No, no he um, just left. Yeah, he left, because I think it was the uh, the that guy Chris, <clears throat> their bassist. I yeah. think he left uh, college and stuff some, like some, that. Some you know? job so. offer or something. Something real yeah. came up, and he's like, fuck this band. <laughs> I'm out. I gotta talk about your fucking Wawa, dude. What is that cadaver that works there? <laughs> the at the fucking cash register that takes 10 minutes on everybody. I could have finished my whole fucking coffee online, dude. Holy Christ. And she always got like an old bag of shit friend standing like right next to the register. Like, what, what the fuck? What the fuck? Somebody got mad at me. I said, come on while we're young. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody gave me the dirtiest look. I guess they all go there. They love dealing with Sheila. <laughs> Sheila, if you're listening, you're living too long. Just fucking, just pack it up, bitch. You cadaver. Holy fuck. You're slow, you're old, you probably stink like mothballs. And fucking Jevertal. You old twat. Shit. Shit, you and your old friends just die. Die already. The fuck! No, no. I trying to. I think I know which one you're talking about. Oh, yeah. you know. No, I know exactly who he's talking about. Yeah. I hate old people. They stink. <laughs> Especially when they say stupid shit like, "Oh, you're hardly working." The fucking cunts. The cunts. They need new material. Except for their racism is pretty cool. They are racist old fucks. I used to work. Holy shit! At the pharmacy, it was a senior citizen town. It was fucking terrible. Tara, we did that for nine years. Nine fucking years with these fucking old fucks. And they were all racist? Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. 
Some of them are really cool, but it's like, why, why are you going to, like, get to know them? They're going to die in a couple days. Like, what mm -hmm. the fuck? Yeah, I'm sure a lot of them did, though. We <laughs> did. I was talking to um, Christian the other day. thought of a good story. I don't know how we got on this subject. I have no fucking clue. But um, if anyone has a duck story, give us a call. We got our number. Yeah, it's on the screen. All right. Give us a call. I'm not uh, even going to say it. 609-891-8896. There was a duck that fucking, like, laid eggs on the side of the fucking store once. And it had, like, a nest and shit. And this old bag of shit that worked with me, she was, she fed the fucking duck every day. So one day she was going to be off, and she's like, feed the duck while I'm off. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and all I had was... Oh, wait a second. I would never ask you to feed anything. <laughs> right? Dude, and then before that, like, this thing was an asshole. I would kick little rocks at the thing. Like, I kicked fucking rocks because we had rocks on the side of the building. And this thing would, like, charge me. It was such an angry asshole, this duck. And uh, I had it chasing me, like, halfway across the parking lot one day, just, like, honking at me and shit, like, trying to peck at me and shit. This thing was a real prick, so yeah, I didn't like the thing to begin with. It was a fucking asshole. So all I had was like a chicken salad sandwich. Heavy fucking mayo. It was good. It was delicious. <laughs> so I gave the thing half a chicken salad sandwich. <laughs> and I don't think it liked it because the next day or later that day, you just saw the eggs covered in like diarrhea shit. <laughs> and the fucking thing left and never came back. Those fucking eggs never hatched. <laughs> Fucking. So, so it's like, I get my, shitty my dad, food here. My dad, my dad was saying. It liked it. It ate it, but it ruined it. My dad was saying at the state park, they were paying people to go around into the nest and take the eggs and just fucking shake them and kill the fucking eggs. Because <laughs> they're happy. <laughs> That's fucked up. Dude, what a shitty fucking animal parent. It could have just, like, pissed on the eggs and, like, cleaned the shit off was or it, something, man. Was it like, one of those Canadian geese? Or, I don't know. Or those so, things are fucking. A duck, I think. It's like a mallard, whatever the fuck those things are. <laughs> Fucking cunts. So. Uh, anything exciting with your kids? You had your kids for like a week, right? Yeah, it was cool. We just had a great time. Cool, cool. Uh, there was something. I don't know. Just regular shit. I was going to try to go take them to see uh, Big Hero 6. We never got around to that. Right. Um, We got haircuts. Just cool shit. Just cool shit. Um. I asked, though, whose idea was to brush the um, the ringworm with the toothbrushes. Okay, right. It was Williams. It was He's Williams. a genius. And he, they're looking forward to the uh, Christmas show that we have planned with them. And they were asking all sorts of questions about that. And I guess Ewan's been really good ever since they went back. He's been like, it's been good. I guess he got all the bad shit out up here. But he, they weren't bad. They were, like, really good. Cool, cool. Um, he, they love Thanksgiving, though, because it was like, fucking meatballs and lasagna and <laughs> i was sitting at the table with them just they're cracking up hysterically because i'm whispering shit to them i'm like we're gonna rock the pee, -pee out of this dinner <laughs> we're gonna rock the pee, pee right out of this dinner guys and they're just fucking <laughs> laughing hysterically and like everyone else there's like 30 other people you know three tables like this just full no like double this just full <laughs> right. and everyone's looking at us like what the fuck are you guys doing and then i'm like we are gonna punch this dinner Right in the butthole. <laughs> We're gonna punch this dinner right in the butthole, guys. And they're just fucking dying. It's amazing. <clears throat> he just thought it was great. Yeah, my cousin, my cousin Brian, too, he thought that was great. <laughs> Nobody else heard us, though. Nobody else. People were looking at us like, what's wrong with you? It's great. And then, uh. That was always like my Uncle Fred. He would say crazy shit like that when we were little. Another great thing. Talking to Christian last week. I don't know how this got brought up either, but we're talking about Morningwood. 
Morning Wood stories. Okay, right. You got any good of the Morning Wood stories? Um, I think I I one time just like walked out of my room in my boxers with a huge ass boner and my stepfather saw me and he's like holy fuck man <laughs> and that's it that's my only did he suck it or anything no he just ah, like, he's like what the fuck but other than that whip it man. out bro whip it out no, I, I, don't, I don't have any do other you, stories do you beat uh trying to think nothing <clears throat> nothing like that one time. He does have a good story, though, yeah. that he should tell, that no, he told me earlier. Oh, you can't. Can. He almost Start. got laid when he was seven years old. It's <laughs> nice. By the babysitter? No. No, it was the, the girl that lived next door. Oh. Straddled me, and then my mom came out and screamed at us. I would have screamed right back. Get the fuck out, bitch. Why are you so jealous? Why are you cock blocking? But uh, when I first got married, we were living at my ex-wife's parents' house at the time. And I always tuck the fucking morning wood into the waistband of my pajamas. Like, that hides it usually. But that day, I also didn't realize the t-shirt was tucked behind. So I just got my morning wood popping up through my fucking... <laughs> through the waistband of my pajamas. <laughs> she thought it was funny. She laughed. Nobody else saw it. It would have been funny if, like, the, her mom was down there or her dad. But nobody else... <laughs> nobody else saw it. It's just fucking silly. Silly morning wood stories. Yeah, buddy. Right. What uh, you guys uh, see the uh, the Star Wars trailer? Yes, no. I've kind seen of. it. Yeah, I saw still frames of the Millennium Falcon, and then that the the uh, lightsaber. The yeah, that the three pronged lightsaber. I still don't yeah. know what to think or what to feel. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I think it's gonna be good. I think JJ Abrams is gonna do a good job. Yeah, they're that not time. gonna let it be shitty. It's, oh, first of all, it's Disney. You, you gotta remember this too. The the <clears> best the. Arguably the best um, Star Wars movie was Empire Strikes Back, and Lucas didn't direct that movie. Yeah. Was it that he didn't direct it or he didn't write it? He just uh, didn't direct it. He hired somebody to do it? Yeah. So, uh... Well, he directed A New Hope, though, and I kind of like that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know, but he fucked up those other three movies. Yeah. Were just, like, awful. Would you like the one with Jar Jar? No, no, no. Those were the ones that were awful. I like... Oh. The only one of those that I liked was the, uh... That last one, the episode three, I thought was kind of. Oh, cool. it was great. I thought. Yeah. I thought the second one too. The second one was great. Really, I thought the second one was too <clears throat> too much of like a love story. Lucas just, uh... didn't direct. I like the third one somewhat. Yeah, there's a lot the of cool lightsabers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And stuff. I like when he's laying there dying, all cut up. Yeah, it was the dark. Great. It was darker. It was like yeah. he kills like a bunch of little kids in the temple. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that was fucking You see yeah. Emperor Palpatine, unlimited power! Uh, so you saw, why, you saw why Yoda just became, you know, what was he, a recluse? Or just yeah, yeah, when yeah. he went to... Uh, you see an army of Wookiees, planet. which people were waiting to see. For... I fucking was so pissed when Mason Windu died. <laughs> he was a fucking shit, bro. He was yeah. awesome. He was great in that one fight. Was it him and, and, and uh, Django? At the beginning? I think so. Yeah. yeah. yeah or yeah. was it... Um... Oh, what? In episode three or in episode what, two? Whatever the fought... clones. What was the one of the clones where they were on that fucking planet that ship? That was two. That was two. That, that yeah. fucking fight yeah, was great. Was but that was um, Obi-Wan, right? Who fought Django. Yeah, I thought Mace did too, no? I can't remember. Both of them. Yeah, yeah it's been so point. long since I've seen him. It but... was uh, Mace killed Django. He decapitated him. Mace killed Django. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. In the arena part, right? Yeah. That, yeah. that that was the scene I loved yeah, from the yeah. second one. The arena fucking fight was great, dude. And even when he fought Palpatine in Episode Three was kind of cool. That's yeah, when he got killed. Mace Windu was a shit, man. Yeah. And didn't Samuel Jackson demand that his lightsaber be purple? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking pimp, dude. <laughs> that's amazing. What else would you want? But Samuel uh, L. rules. <laughs> I guess in the new Star Wars trailer that you mentioned it already, the lightsaber. Uh, that they show has like two little things on the end. Yeah, people, people are, are fucking buttered by that, dude. People are so pissed. I don't understand why they're so buttered. Like, there's a anything thousand, different. There's a thousand other things. They're ruining they, it. There's a thousand other things that they probably will and have done to ruin it, and that that lightsaber is just yeah, not, not one, of one of them. That episode one was just dreck. Yeah, I mean, I just hope they don't go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope they don't. <laughs> if that, that didn't ruin awful. the franchise, I don't know what That's the fuck true. will, dude. I hope they don't go too crazy with the lightsabers where they make, like, every oh, lightsaber has, like... Like, you have, like, a light scimitar and a light katana, and it would a just light, be silly. A light, a light scythe. scythe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess Stephen Colbert had addressed it. You want to watch the clip? Because it, it was kind of funny. I don't know. I have it brought up here and everything. And all I'm saying... I would, because what else do we talk for for 20 minutes? <laughs> right. Darth Maul should have not been killed in the first movie. He should have had more of a part. Uh, it well, they, been a they, movie. they brought him back in like the cartoons and uh, the Clone Wars. Fuck. No, <laughs> you don't like that. Fucking cartoon series. A lot of people like that cartoon series, man. I've never seen it, but people swear by it. But you're, you know, this actually brings me to a different topic. I, I watched uh, the Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles, and I know that you're a fan of that. Um, and I liked it. I loved it. I watched like the first two episodes, and I sat down and watched it with Pete. He's yeah, like, great. You, you know, it's got a good plot, it's got a good story. I didn't but, like the character, yeah, but I can't. Always, but man, <laughs> the animation. So I can't. I can't watch this. Because oh of the my animation. god, April's uh, school. <laughs> I can't take that. It's different. <laughs> I fucking hate it. She's not a reporter in forty. <laughs> right. Oh my god! But they bought <laughs> Bebop. Like exactly I just saw the new toys that came out. I don't know if they did it for this new season, yeah, but Bebop that. and Rocksteady are out. I'm yeah, like, holy fuck, they look cool. No, but they're not the same. No, I, I'm not. It's not good. The thing, the writing part, the the storyline. But you won't watch any more of it. You're like, I can't watch it because <clears throat> of the animation. They ruined it. It's, it's better animated. I, a, I, I a lot of people this. just didn't like well, it at all. No, no, people love it. Are you kidding? Me? Are you coming <laughs> no, up no, with this? No, no, I'm talking. You don't like no, it. No. Christian watched it with Donnie watched it with his kids. They love it. I was talking to people. It's that got just great hate ratings. But man, it's fucking. Not it's not, what did you tell me that you, you you thought the animation wasn't edgy enough? Is that what you <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I said at all. I said like the old. I, I just like the old cell animation better. Right. That's my yeah. But nothing point. is animated like that anymore. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And it shouldn't it. be enough to get you to not watch something just all because you don't like the way it looks. animated. They they do it better now. So. But uh, anyway, that, I heard that movie too. The the new movie that came out was a piece of shit. No. I haven't, I, seen I haven't seen it. Rob liked it. I it was good enough. Like I went, I expected it to be a piece of shit. I it was heard the shredder. Way more impressive than it I was thought. It was good. Yeah. So definitely, I want to see it. I want to see it. Who yeah. played the turtles? Like who was the, the... animation? Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I, I know that. But who was the fucking voice of the turtles? <laughs> I don't know. They probably got some of the old guys. I would think, or they got on that new Megatron. animated series. The um. I think it's, yeah, the guy who voices uh, Leonardo is the original yeah. voice of Raphael. Right, and they got Corey Feldman yeah, to do... There's so many yeah. real actors. What, what does he do? Corey Feldman originally did... Who did he do original in the original one? Did he oh. do uh, Donatello? Do Mikey, maybe. I don't he know. He did no, no, one no. of them, but one they, of them. they brought him back for this yeah. series to play Spike. Did 
the big turtle. Yeah, yeah and yeah, uh, yeah. it also had Louis Black as as a fucking character. There's a lot, oh, yeah, yeah. a lot of big actors. What about uh? Toka and Razor from the second movie. Did they ever bring them back in the show? Or yeah, Razor's in the new show. The set the because, sp- but I don't know. I, I don't remember much of the second movie. But he was a dude named Dog Pound. Oh yeah, yeah. And Dog Pound got Wait, that's you. <laughs> in like yeah, in um, <laughs> mutagen again, and then he became yeah. Razor. And I like and the new series. I like the fact that that uh, Splinter was the actual the master. That was you know he was. Shredder's I didn't like Shredder and uh, Splinter in the new movie as much because he learned f- fucking from a book in in the fucking. Um, was he ever a human, or did they get rid of that part of it? No, he was a lab rat, and they oh, were okay. also lab animals. Um, Ryan said Feldman was uh, Donatello in the original. Okay, all right, cool. Um, all right, yeah. So that was we got off track. So this yeah, is, let's go back. <laughs> this is this going back the, to the uh, Star Wars lightsabers. What we should have did before the Ninja <laughs> Turtles. <laughs> Stephen Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, so let's you check this out. Oh, I love that cat. He's amazing. Can we throw shit at him? Yeah, no. we can throw shit. We can throw McChickens at him. Yeah, it's <laughs> a story later on. <laughs> All right, let's go. up on starting with a major conflict once again in a troubled desert region. <laughs> Millennium Falcon looks great. Not that different. A little bit, but it looks amazing. <laughs> Don't get cocky, kid. <laughs> The new Star Wars trailer dropped over Thanksgiving weekend, and it was all anyone in my family could talk about, which unfortunately led to my Aunt Rita saying some horribly racist things about the Gungan. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, I, I am the original fan of Star Wars. In 1977, this is a true story, when I was in eighth grade, I won two tickets from a local radio station to see this new movie, Star Wars, two weeks before it came out nationally. No idea what it was going to be. Haskell Feudenberg's mom drove us, and I loved it. On the way home, there was a full moon. I pretended it was the Death Star. But at school on Monday, I couldn't explain how everything was different now because nobody had seen it. They thought my Darth Vader impression was just asthma. Though. Though, I will say, I did get out of gym for a month. Nice. Then the movie comes out, and everybody's saying it's the greatest thing ever, but I saw it first. I've been a Star (laughs) Wars fan two weeks longer than any of you. Fuck yeah. Let me tell you. And let me tell you, folks, this trailer has got everything you want in a Star Wars movie. Wake surfing X-Wings. R2-D2's cool. head playing that pisses soccer. pisses me off. Even uh-huh. the Black Stormtrooper. He's gonna die first. So He's gonna die. The first one that dies. <laughs> you and frisks you, it's not racist. Also, you're kind of asking for it with those hoodies. <laughs> and folks, that's not even... No, no, it's not... I like that he got booed. <laughs> That's not even the best part, folks. Check out this awesome <laughs> lightsaber. Yeah. It's a lightsaber with too many lightsabers on it. <laughs> yeah. It's a menage a sabre. <laughs> sadly, sadly, I think I have a Wookiee in the audience. 
Sadly, there are some stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herders out there who aren't thrilled with the new Jedi weapon. They say if these things are supposed to protect your hands like sword hilts, it wouldn't work. Because the first time you cross lightsabers and it slid down to the bottom of the blade, your opponent's lightsaber would chop through the little side sabers and take off your hand. Or, as it was stated on Twitter, hilt on lightsaber, stupid and impractical, childhood ruined, everything ruined. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> him. Yeah. Like some fat, overweight motherfucker Kill in his mom's basement. Bill Corbett. Well, I say Follow it's a perfect us design. Kill yourself. Here, here's how it works. Like, I've done my analysis, okay? People think. <laughs> yeah. People think it's actually three different plasma streams, but it's all one. The long beam, the long beam right here, okay, Fuck it comes yeah. out, and the two smaller beams at the bottom, okay, they're still attached to it. They don't start where the little metal hilt ends, okay? <laughs> They're attached to the other beam inside. The metal hilts are just casings around the little beams to protect your hand. Even if someone slices through the metal, they're going to hit the beam right there. Any Padawan knows that. It's a fucking genius. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> amazing that he thought that. Yeah. Any Padawan knows that. Science, now, yeah. I know what you're thinking. You're saying, uh, but Steven, in the trailer, the first light beam comes out before the other two. How could it all be one beam? It's like a gas stove. Well, Greg, it's simple. You just need three focusing crystal activators to split the plasma into perpendicular blade energy channels. Confused? Well, you'll understand in two weeks when you catch up with where I'm at. Fuck <laughs> yeah! Rock and roll. Pwned, buddy. Amateur hour so is bad. over. Good. The pros are taking over on this one. Nice. That was I amazing. I think it's kind of cool with the lightsaber. At first, I was like, eh, I hope they don't go too crazy with it, but... It doesn't bother me. It's pretty neat. No, there's no. probably going to be other things that are far more wrong with everything. What, uh, what was your problem with the, the droid head on the uh, soccer ball? Just gay. It just <laughs> reminds me of the, uh, what's that, the pod races in the first one. Just yeah, the, gay and well, kitty. There's going to be a whole 30 minutes of just some sport with droids. <laughs> like, yeah, something like, like that. They didn't even make the aliens in those pod races look cool or threatening. They, they made the... Don't Isn't it like Twato, Watto, or whatever? Yeah, that yeah. fat fucking thing with the dick nose and like little <laughs> wings, like too the, little uh, for it to fly? The Palestinian accent he had. The... Yeah. <laughs> He was a real fucking Jew bag. <laughs> I think. I'm Speaking a of Jews, I'm a junk dealer. <laughs> what about that Nazi? I oh, okay, junk. we do got that. Um, I was, yeah. Let me bring it up. But uh, hold on. Before that, well, I was gonna bring up because we were on the topic. I was gonna see if you guys wanted to watch the trailer for the new Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> if you want. Oh, oh God! Uh, this is gonna be crap. I can tell you right now. Yeah, we well, what do you think of all? Break. Like, wasn't only the like first Jurassic Park good, and all the other ones were kind of just? I never. Crazy. Yeah, I heard that. I never I saw liked, that. I liked the second one. I thought the. Yeah, second I read one. the first one as a book. It was amazing. It was so violent and bloody. And then the movie came out. and I didn't like it. It was just too kitty, too fucking PG. <laughs> so I never would see the uh, second one because of that. I think I tried reading the second book. The second book even sucked. Where it, was it based on a book? It was a book first, I guess? Yeah, it was a book. I yeah. It's the same guy that created ER. They most most movies are. <laughs> it's that same writer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was not aware of that. Um, Book's amazing, the first one. 
There was one of the ones that I, I saw. I think the last one that came out, like Jurassic Park, The Lost World, or some shit like that. I saw in theaters, and it was just awful. Yeah. No, no, it was that the third one with that spine, that fucking crocodile-looking thing. With Roseanne Barr. <laughs> yeah, Roseanne Barr. She she played the the main <laughs> dinosaur in it. Yeah. <laughs> she fucking ate a lot of fucking animals, small animals and shit. The new Here's one. The, uh, ah. Well, this, this is called Jurassic World. Ooh. This is the newest one. I'm gonna unmute. Let's go back. Hold on. All right. Appropriate for all audience. I'm really proud of you for going on this trip. You're gonna have so much fun. And remember, something uh. chases you. Oh, why am I lagging? I'm really proud of you for going on this trip. You're gonna have so much fun. And remember, if something chases you. Run. I think I gotta give it like a minute to buffer. Just pause it for a second. So many people, and this is just not working. Dinosaur noises. <laughs> Sounds good so far. <laughs> yeah. Alright, watch this. It's a Mosasaur. Oh, nice. They got a Mosasaur. They're feeding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, John, that thing's related to the Komodo dragon. Nice. We have learned more in the past decade from genetics than a century of digging up bones. Be more funny! A whole new frontier <laughs> has opened up. We have our first genetically modified hybrid. We just went and made a new dinosaur? What? Probably not a good idea. They're making a new What? <laughs> Almost 40 feet high. Yeah, you should find out. Depends. what? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab? That's funny, I'm funny. It's a chicken the island. <laughs> She's a highly intelligent I am gay. She will kill anything that moves. Oh, so do the other ones, though. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> Nice! That's not even like... They got trained raptors? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> trained some raptors. Chris Pratt and some rappers. This looks like a piece of shit. It does look awful. It looks that great. That was terrible because it kept lagging, but like, why do they gotta create their own breed of dinosaur? Because, because like, the, the T-Rex and the raptors weren't scary enough. Yeah. 
Well, I guess people had gotten bored with the attractions. They were like, eh, we've seen enough of these dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, I guess we're going to take a break. Yeah, we'll take a break. We will be back. Oh, uh, what are we, you're going to play some stuff, or should I bring up the Pandora? Oh, I can, whatever you want. Pandora's fine for now. Pop up the Pandora. All right, guys, we're, uh, we're going on break. We will be back. Yeah, man. All right, what's up, guys? We are back. Sweet. Um, I'm going to talk about the guy with the McChicken. What do you do? He threw, uh, it, uh, the headline was, uh, crap. I must have closed it out. He Police used man Mc... used McChicken as a weapon. Picky Eater was jailed Tuesday for reporting a McDonald's, uh, for reportedly using a McDonald's chicken, uh, McChicken sandwich as a weapon against his pregnant wife. <laughs> <laughs> Did he punch her in the gut with it? That'd be fucking That's awesome. That's what I was trying to figure out. Like, <laughs> I, I just like that his reason was that he didn't like them. Motherfucker wanted a McRib, dude. Just fucking get him a McRib. He smacked it right in the bulge with fucking, it. You try giving him a dollar McChicken. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. And he was uh, so, he was arrested, right? <laughs> yeah, he was arrested. Um, blah blah blah. I met him. I guess I got him at the house. <laughs> he said he went in the bathroom, or she went in the bathroom to clean herself up. But um. He admitted to police he threw the sandwich at her, then picked up some of the bun throwing it at her. And this was my favorite part. Where the fuck is it? Um, his wife had mayonnaise on her shirt and face when officers located her. <laughs> and forcefully smashed the bun into her face. It's fucking amazing. Wow. I got a story. Bitch, I don't that. want McChicken. <laughs> Burn her with a McChicken. That's great. Why are you waking mayo? me up at 1 o'clock in the fucking morning for this shit? Or was it 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I guess, he was sleeping? I don't know. Who? The guy said that she woke him up at, like, 1 o'clock with a McChicken. Did she? Yeah, oh, yeah, woke him up at 1 with a McChicken. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, fuck you waking me up for this shit. I want a fucking McChicken. <laughs> Police noted the woman's nose was swollen and believed he was trying to entice the woman into knocking the phone out of his hands to make her appear aggressive. <laughs> he was arrested and his weapons permit was confiscated. I guess he's got a permit. But, uh, yeah, I got arrested for throwing a cookie <laughs> at my ex-wife. <laughs> Fucking cookie. What kind uh, of cookie? She wanted one of those big Wawa ones. Oh, okay, the with sugar the cookies. little, like, M&Ms and, and the sugar Yeah, this one was the sugar cookie years ago they used to have. And uh, we were going down to pick the boys up, and we got stuck in traffic. That's why she got so pissed. She was just calling me, screaming. We were stuck in, like, bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. It took, like, an extra hour. And then I was starving. So we stopped at Burger, Burger King real quick to get, like, something quick. And she called screaming. So I got there. She's all pissed off being a cunt. And I went to give her the cookie. She's, like, throwing a fit. I just fucking frisbeed it right in her face. And then she starts screaming, did anybody see that? Did anybody see that? And her mom's like, I saw it. Blah, blah, blah. So the dad's screaming to call the cops and shit. I'm like, fuck you, motherfuckers. <laughs> I just took the kids and left. And when we brought them back, the week later, uh, there was a cop waiting for me. Oh, man. I had to spend like the night in jail. They were calling me the Cookie Monster. <laughs> the fucking cop. silly. The cops were calling you the Cookie Monster. Uh, everybody in jail. My uh, bail bondsman. I had, I had like a <laughs> retarded fucking high bail. <laughs> All we could figure that was because I was out of state, like from out of state. That the judge was a cunt. Right. The judge. The judge wanted to put me back in jail for it too when I had to go to the court date. <laughs> My lawyer was just like, "Come on, it's a fucking cookie." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, did it leave it. like a mark uh, on her at all or anything? Or no. no. But they said it was assault. They considered it assault. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, dude, it's fucking retarded. 
It's just a cookie. I think if it's not your fists, if it's not a blunt object, <clears throat> or it's not hard. If this is a brick, a maybe sharp it's object, a fucking cookie, or a firearm. I did get a picture it's of that not bitch though, assault. with the McChicken. Where the fuck was it? She she was pretty <laughs> fucked up though. I don't know, baby. Can see that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was. Oh, dude, are you was, sure? That's, that's the girl from the McChicken fight. Yeah. <laughs> she was fucking. She was hurt. Caught in the line of fire. That's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, it's a hot McChicken. She's all burned up and her eyes patched. Oh, man. <laughs> so I guess on our, our, our week off, there was a lot of shit that happened in Ferguson. They, uh, they chose. Third Ferguson. They chose not to indict that cop. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really see much. Yeah, no, I didn't either. I just heard <laughs> like a bad. little bit here and there. I guess uh, I guess that was finally the the final decision that they let the <clears> cop <throat> off. But they said they had like evidence that you know it was self defense. Yeah. I mean, what um, did you have an opinion on that at all, or not really? Well, the the cop ended up resigning anyway, and it's because his like now if he even if he got his like you know returned to the line of duty. Now he him, anything he does. Yeah, anything he does now is under scrutiny, and yeah. him and his family are in mortal danger. Yeah, you know, the gang, really, he's probably gonna have to move. All the gang members are gonna like definitely target his ass. Yeah, you know? and it, as far as the evidence shows, he didn't do anything wrong. He, yeah. you know, he was just protecting himself. I mean, the kid was obviously causing problems. But these scumbags so. don't care. Any any uh, excuse they have to kill a cop or fuck shit up. They're gonna take it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard they like they burned down like a bunch of shops. I think they burned down the shop that uh, the kids stole from. So the, yeah, a bunch <laughs> the of shop that he that he stole cigarettes from, they went and uh, lit that on they're fire. Like a bunch of fucking chimpanzees the, with like torches. That's like a bunch of chimpanzees. <laughs> That's racist. That's a very <laughs> racist comment of you. Um, but Charles Barkley uh, said a lot about it. It says, uh, Charles Barkley agrees with Darren Wilson not being indicted. Uh, calls Black Ferguson looters scumbags. So, this is a six-minute clip. Uh, I guess he was on some guy named Mike... Uh, I forget what the dude's name was. Mike in the morning. Right, Mike right. in the morning. I still got the Pandora running, so let me shut that off real quick before I turn that on. Um, oh, there it is. And there's Charles Barkley. Here we are. It's amazing how much impact you have in America, and everything you say becomes a national story. And the story that was picked up recently is that you talked about brainwashed blacks holding up the success of black people. Can you clarify what, what you meant with that? Uh, exactly what I said. You know, there's this perception, you know, we're talking about Russell Wilson. There's a faction of black people. Uh, you know, I grew up with these guys. When you try to uh, do well in school, they tell you you're acting white. When you speak intelligent, they're telling you you're acting white. We should have more black kids speaking correctly we should have more black kids going to college getting great jobs you know part of the problem is we got we teach that's one of the reasons i made the role model commercial we tell blacks unless they can play be entertainers or jocks they're not successful we can be doctors lawyers engineers teachers fire and policemen but there's a perception among some black people and i got more support now 
than I got negativity. I know some of the uh, that's like them them, them jackasses in uh, who who are looting. Those aren't real black people. Those are scumbags. Mm-hmm. No real black people. They're not out there looting. I just exactly. watched a great story on CNN where a bunch of folks, really amazing folks, wouldn't let them burn down uh, mm-hmm. an establishment. Yeah. Uh, it, yep. it was a great story. Uh, you know, I was in Philly this summer when I saw four black kids went in a store and left money when nobody was in the store. But unfortunately, the way the media portrays a lot of black people, we only put the negative black people on television, Mike. Yeah, they we won't tell that story. We don't put the hard-working yeah. black people. And I, that's what I said, and that's what I meant. It's ironic because the media is all, all like, you know, against racism and again, look how we're treating these people. And then they're the ones showing all the shittiness. So oh, yeah, picture, that one picture of... I put up. Yeah, nothing says you care about the dead kid in your community more than stealing uh, 50 pair of Air Jordans <laughs> and then burning the sword to the ground. Yeah, it is just an it's excuse. Stupid. There's a perception among some black people that you're not a thug, a hood rat. You don't wear your pants down by your ass. You're not black enough. <laughs> yep. And they're always holding us back, plain and simple. <clears throat> and I ain't shutting up, and I ain't backing down. Well, and, and you never do. So let's, since you brought up Ferguson, let, let's bring that up because we've been talking about it so in the first nervous. hour of this show. <laughs> so your reaction to the reaction in Ferguson. Now, my, me as a white person, I see that as, as a reflection of black America's mistrust of white authority and the American judicial system. And I I, I mean, to me, it, it was it was going to happen because there's just no trust out there. How did you see that whole situation? Well, I thought it was really unfortunate. Uh, like I say, I, I need to really read the grand jury because, you know, the, the, Mike, we live in a quick story media social network situation. You know, I'm hearing things today I haven't heard at all. Uh, you know, that even the black witnesses said this guy came 20 feet at the officer. They were fighting inside the car and two bullets went off. You know, I, I didn't, didn't know the kid came. I mean, the blood splatter said the guy came at the, the cop 20 feet. Uh, I'm not saying who's right or wrong. Uh, I'm just hearing a true story that came out of the grand jury investigation. Yeah, the the evidence would lead you to believe that the, the uh, officer acted properly, but the mistrust, black people aren't going to ever see that. No. And, and that's where the problem lies. Well, but let me just say this, man. I, I think we have to be we. we. Uh, I know I'm black, I, but I, I'm going to try to always be honest and fair. We have to be really careful with the cops, man, because if it wasn't for the cops, We'd be living in the wild, wild west in our neighborhoods. I think we can't pick out certain incidents that don't go our way and act like the cops are all bad. Uh, I hate when we do that because think about it. Uh, do you know how bad some of these neighborhoods would be if it wasn't for the cops? Uh, listen, and first of all, it's always great to play Monday morning quarterback. Uh, it, like he shot him a lot. Like, well, if you got a gun and you fight with somebody. You're not going to shoot them once. You're going to pull the trigger X amount of times. Like I say, I don't know what happened, Ferguson. Nobody knows what happened. I want to take the time, as a responsible person, read the grand jury statement. Uh, like I say, I didn't know they got to fight inside. Like that the other car. black guy. Uh, that that what tells me something like <laughs> you wow, want to stop this? Two yeah. In the car. All right. And I just like listening to Charles Barkley talk. I think he makes a lot of really good points. I like King, whatever his name is. <laughs> The fuck is it? King Rafiki or whatever. King Samir Shabazz, the leader of the Black Panthers. Yeah, he fucking rules. Bring him up real quick here. Um, I think we should. I was gonna say get him on the show. We should. (laughs) 
Ah, stupid cat. Uh, there was something I was going to say about the... Oh, one of the things that's been bugging me a lot about, because like, you know, people are, of course, posting on Facebook and everything about the Ferguson thing, and a lot of what I'm seeing is people saying, like, oh, well, this nobody would be riding if it was a white kid, and blah, 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 and yeah, okay, maybe that's true, but just shut the fuck up about it. Like, it's just so annoying seeing that over and over again, and you're not doing anything sitting there whining about it. Oh, well, this would be different, and blah, blah, blah. It is The situation is what it is yeah and that's that so it's you're you're not doing anything trying to point out like if it was a white kid no yeah and you don't know that you don't know that for sure if, if the situation was the same and the race was different so man when the federal government finally does collapse the the, the people in this country are just going to eat each other alive and it's going to be they're fucking gonna awesome eat each other alive they're going to eat each other alive and it's going to be fucking awesome Like cannibalism? Oh, in every every single way. Alright, so this Man. is the new Black Panther leader. I guess he did this is from like uh four years ago. <clears throat> but he's a pretty cool dude. I don't give a damn what they may feel about white people. I hate white people. Fuck yeah. All of them. Good. Every less I own of a cracker, I hate it. <laughs> because we're still Are you sure this isn't like Chris Rock, like doing a character? Samir targets only his people Should with be. his black power message. He preaches racial separation and rages against police brutality against blacks. He believes that only revolution can liberate his people and rejects the idea that the election of Barack Obama will usher in real change. Did that happen in the 60s? Well, that's one thing I'll agree with him. <laughs> Samir will use any opportunity to shout his message, even at a festival celebrating African heritage. <laughs> we didn't come out here to play today. There's too much serious business going on in the Came to bang pots and pans. Sliding through South Street with white, dirty, cracker whore <laughs> on our arm. And we call ourselves nice. black men with African garb on. What the hell is wrong with you, black man? You had a doom day with a white girl on your, your damn arm. <laughs> <laughs> we keep begging white people for freedom. No wonder we're not free. Your enemy cannot make you feet, fool. You want freedom? You want well to spoken. kill some crackers. Kill a cracker. Fucking crazy. You want to kill He's some of that nuts. Let us get our act together. It's time to wake up. Clean up and stand up. Black power? Black power! Black power. Black power. <laughs> I damn it, I said black power! Black power! <laughs> Holy That's fuck! This guy's scary. It's the fucking black KKK all. Yeah, I would but be KKK is giving candy out. They're fucking adorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's this guy's scary. <laughs> Brandon went. That's what he went. <laughs> he went. That's how he lost our old co host. <laughs> Uh, that was a scary black man. They, uh, uh, I guess next we yeah. got uh, we got Greg Seeger. Is that his name? He's yeah, Greg Seeger is yeah. going to call in. I watched the director movie. of a movie called Kingdom Come, and he'll be calling <laughs> in about ten minutes. So we'll probably take a break. He's a uh, good good guy. I'm sure he's a cool dude. Doesn't know how to write, but this movie sucked. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, I figured you'd save that. Till we'll, we'll be back. <laughs> we should have Dylan here. This is my MDB. Yeah, right. We should get him on the phone. 
All right, Pete, you're going to sit down and watch this trailer with us? We're going to watch the trailer from, uh, for Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come, which is Greg Seeger's movie, and he's calling in in about five minutes. Yeah. Right, I just want to yeah. wait for Pete yeah, to boy. sit down and watch this amazing trailer. <clears throat> I haven't seen the trailer. I watched the movie, but I didn't see the trailer. <laughs> the trailer, I thought, looked good, but... You're missing a lot with this, uh... But it was probably, like, all the good parts of the movie in the trailer. And the, the trailer, of course, didn't tell you much plot, I don't think. The actual there was a, there was plot, plot was okay, <laughs> like that they all woke up in the hospital and didn't know what was going on, and blah, 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 blah. But... <laughs> Alright, you ready? Let's see, let's see. Yeah, let's see this piece okay, of shit. Okay, so this is King to Come. King to Kai. Great Adventure. Matchbox 20. Ah. <laughs> Salutes. How the hell did all these people get here? Does anyone remember anything? I don't think that us being here is an accident. <laughs> Something isn't right about this place. What took you so long? I heard screams. Jesus! Was it one of you? Say we just split up, start looking for a way out. God! Sick of it! What do I know you? Look, I don't know you, pal, okay? You stay away from me! It's a little creepy. What is this? I mean, there were parts that I jumped. Jason! I've seen him. You couldn't have seen him. Oh! Nice. You gotta trust me. You want me to trust you when you say you've seen my. That's the only purple hair. That's pretty creepy, that thing in the stall. Yeah. And the heroin needle. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, it looks alright in the trailer, right? Like, it looks alright. It wasn't. Are they online? What is that? Uh, what the? <laughs> Why are we echoing? Why are we? <laughs> Maybe we died. Maybe we're gonna wake up in the hospital. That's what it is. <laughs> Must be. This is super bizarre. Kill, kill, kill. What did you do? That's coming from my computer. Uh, that's weird. Your microphone on, or yeah, no, we're we're back on. But uh, I guess it's maybe I open. <clears throat> I don't know. Let me try to figure out what's going on. That was some serious reverb. Is it still? No, we're good. It's only like if I turn up my answer. Let's see if we can. Hi, who's this? 
It's Greg. Can you hear me? Yeah, we yeah. can hear you, man. How you doing, Greg? There? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. How you doing? Cool, cool. Uh, so we uh this this is uh Greg Seeger and he is a uh, director. You just uh directed a movie called Kingdom Come, which I did watch. Um why don't you tell us a little bit about that movie? Oh well, uh we sorry, go ahead. Are are you having uh problems hearing us? Is it like echoey or something? Yeah, it's a little bit, but it's it's okay. Okay, uh, we're we're having like some technical issues, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, movie Kingdom Come? Well, we sh we shot it in Canada a few ago, or uh, sorry, about a year ago, and uh, we just nicely got it done. I think in uh, probably sometime in August, and here we are in December, and it's being released North uh, North America. Nice. When uh, when does it come out in North America? Is it going to be in like any theaters, or is it like a direct to DVD thing? No, it's direct DVD. It came out on the second, so it came out yesterday. So it's pretty much available everywhere: VOD, uh, like Time Warner, Comcast, uh, in Walmart. So yeah, we're pretty much across the board. Now you wrote, you wrote, directed it, and edited it, and produced it yourself, right? Yes, I did. That's correct. Um, what I what inspired you to write it, man? Um, I think me and Jeff Hart originally uh, sat down, and uh, it was there was kind of this concept of uh, there was a big accident you know, just outside of Windsor uh, a few years back, and it kind of inspired you know the whole premise of you know just uh, what happens in that instance of trauma, you know. So it was just, and then we had a couple locations that we loved, so we kind of built the script around you know what we had access to. Mm. So there was an accident, and the people woke up in a hospital, right? <clears throat> no, not quite. That, that, that's our little vision. <laughs> that's no. Oh, happy. no, that's what I meant in the movie. Yes, that's exactly it. Okay. A bunch of people wake up in a hospital, and nobody knows how they, why they're there, how they got there. And as the movie you know, unfolds, you know, people start realizing what this place is and kind of why they're there. Can I ask you a couple questions? Because I was a little confused with some of the things that happened. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to say spoiler alert to anybody that's spoiler listening. Spoiler alert. If, that, if that's okay, if I can spoil some things a little bit. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> there's this huge accident that happens, and then all these people, you know, they're, they wake up, and they have these cho These people have these choices that they're allowed to make, uh, and if they make like the wrong decision, they get condemned, their souls are condemned. But when you show the accident, some of the guys that were condemned, there was no way they were going to wake up even if they chose the right decision. Like, there was literally a guy that was missing his legs. Well, because they could have been made fine, out. though. They could have been made fine. Well, that's yeah. what they, if you watch the opening, and at the end, we will start off with the watch stopping. Okay. Okay, so it's almost like in that split second, you know, spoiler, spoiler, that split second, you know, the, the split second between when the act is about to happen and what happens in place, it's almost like time freezes. Like it's, ah. it's one of those stretch of time. That's why we, you see the watch at the beginning stop. Nice. And then at the end, back up. Okay, that back. makes more sense. I didn't notice that, but that's... That's cool. Um, I really like the demons. The designs of the demons were really cool. I thought they were neat, except 
You had one that was wearing a purple wig, and I thought that was kind of silly. Like, all the other ones had gray hair, and then you had this one demon that had purple hair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> purple hair. Well, that's a funny story. We were, we were going to get her to change it back, and we said, you know, based on the story, because she showed up like that. When he wasn't cast like that, she showed up like that. So, <laughs> it was just... You, sometimes in filmmaking, especially, you know, lower-budget filmmaking, you got to roll with the punches. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool to see. It was kind of silly. But, uh, so they were, the demons were in, like, costumes, I guess? Those are actual people just wearing costumes? I wasn't sure if it was, Those like, CG. Those are actual people pretty much naked. Pretty much naked. Naked. Nice. Uh, they had what we coined uh, the vag patch. What's <laughs> <laughs> the vag patch? Like duct tape. Oh, okay. That was pretty much all, other than a little draping of cloth, that's pretty much all they had on. And we were shooting sometimes in below zero temperatures in that building. <laughs> wow. So we I give them like credit that. for even being able to stand there without, or squat there without shaking. <laughs> <laughs> now, were they like uh, contortionists or something? Or were they able to, because I haven't seen the movie, were they able, did you get like people that could move in strange, you know, odd ways? Absolutely. Yeah, most of them were dance, dance background. So, you know, we could see some of that flexibility. There was one that was a contortionist, but uh, it was, like, time to do, you know, just a highlight one that can, like, end his arm completely backwards. It was, wow. It's just, you know, it was kind of a thing that, you know, wish we had time for, but in the reality, you know, it's just like we, we wanted to use them sparingly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, now, um, did you come up with the design for those demons yourself? Like, did you draw that up, or did you hire like an artist to come out with it? No, that was kind of that was kind of you know discussions with everybody. You know, with Anthony. Anthony Villeneuve was kind of he was the one that came up with the final concept. But you know, everybody kind of because the whole initial idea these these creatures were supposed to be like fallen angels. You know, not you know it's just like. It may have been an angel at one point, because that's why they have the broken off wings in the back. Right. You know, but for some reason, they were sent, you know, to be the disciples of uh, you-know-who. Yeah. The disciples. Uh, I actually, yeah, kind of figured that when I saw them, that they that was the first thing I thought. I was like, okay, those are fallen <clears throat> angels, because of, like, the wings things in the back and stuff. Um, did they have what, names, or did you just leave them completely nameless? Yeah, we called them the entire shoot. I know in the in the script we called them gatekeepers. Okay. You know, so uh, the the devil's uh, hellhound, so to speak. So nice. now was that that goofy guy, that goofball? Was he the devil? <laughs> Which guy? The goofy guy. He was like really goofy, like towards the end of the movie and stuff. The guy that was, I guess, like uh, trying to collect all the souls and stuff. Like he was, he was kind of a silly dude. <laughs> Yeah, no, he he was fine. He ran. We let him run with it. We like he had he had you know it was we always knew uh, our ending. We actually you know made it up on the spot. We had a completely different ending. Oh, and okay. We, due to time constraints, because <laughs> uh, we had you know a lot of areas shut down to shoot this uh, the the ending. Uh, with trying not to give too much away, but yeah, we kind of came up with that ending right on the spot. Oh, uh, I see. You know, that kind of. I like kind of ending things on a on an up up note, not just you know. Oh, okay, you know everything's good, <laughs> so can I leave it open? Oh, okay. Um, and we got an echo again. What's going on? Oh, you okay. Yeah, sorry. It's just like I said, there's 
technical difficulties. Uh, but I think we have somebody on the uh, phone who might have some questions for you. H hi, who's this? Hello? Is somebody there? Yeah, hold on. What? What? <laughs> what the <laughs> that sounds like somebody taking a piss, is what that sounds like. Yeah, I, or somebody having a bad hangover. I, I don't know. <laughs> Hi, who's this? This is the devil. <laughs> this is the devil? What? <laughs> okay, uh, alright, devil, do you got a question for uh, Greg? Yeah. You there, Greg? Yes, I am. Cha 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 cha. Going anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> They're like devil noises, I guess. It's, uh... So I. <laughs> what the? We can't understand you. I might have to just hang up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I call it What? They're dead babies in the movie. <laughs> I, I, I heard something about dead babies. That's I don't know. Is there dead babies in the movie? Is there dead babies in the movie? I didn't see any dead babies. I love dead babies. I'm the devil. You're the devil? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. Um, oh, I'm more now than ever. <laughs> well, you know, we just tend to take any call and let it go and see what happens from there. But we'll I'm not sure if this I'll call see is you going. Guys soon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably he probably will see. Um, what was I going to ask? Oh, uh, there was another question. Um. Sorry about that, Craig. I think that guy hung up. Uh, uh, so now, how um, how long did it take you to uh, to write the script for this movie? Uh, I wrote it about four years ago, uh, and uh, it took a better part of you know four or five months, you know, and then a couple quick polishes. But other than then, it was after that it it kind of sat in limbo for probably two years as we tried to raise funding, because uh, it was initially supposed to be our first film we were going to do, uh, but then, you know, kind of, we had no track record at that point, so that's why I turned around and wrote Devil Feed, uh, the first film, which I wrote in like two weeks. Uh, <laughs> we okay. got that made, and then got that made, got that out there, we went up to 63 countries, and then that helped us get the, fu the funding, the rest of the funding for Kingdom Come. Countries. Oh. Um, you just derailed my train of thought <laughs> no I was gonna say um why how come like I don't understand that why uh did you need to make another movie before you were able to get the funding for this movie well because uh, we at that point when I started first initially trying to raise funds for kingdom come we had not done any feature films like I came from a corporate world you know right. doing corporate videos music videos, commercials so it was kind of like Kingdom Come was a little more ambitious, money-wise. Oh, I see. So that's why, oh, it was, so we were struggling raising the funds for it, so that's when we decided, okay, let's do a, a really, you know, low-budget movie, which was Devil Seed, 
and come out the gate kind of a proof of concept and we did it and it was released in 63 countries around the world so that opened the door for the money people to get kingdom come made uh, you, you didn't you didn't think at first to maybe maybe i should change some things to make kingdom come more low budget you were like no this has to stay the way i have it well, there was there's a bar, there was like a, a minimum bar we had to try to keep, you know. Right. So like you know, yeah. what the devil would not even you know, fed the crew <laughs> for you know for what we did. Uh, Kingdom come on. Now, are you oh, working? Nice. Are you working on anything else? What's that? Do you have any future projects? Oh yeah, we have. We're doing an untitled sci-fi. We start fast shooting that in February. Nice. Um, and then got another. We got a thriller for slated for a late summer called Cheat. Okay. Are you going to stick to kind of like the horror genre, or no? I'm going to move slowly, move out of my comfort zone. I love horror. Like I've always loved. I grew up on it. Like I'll always do them. Uh, but I, I want to try to stretch out a little bit. So that's kind of why we're doing the sci-fi next. Then we'll do the thriller, and then we've got a bigger, ambitious vampire project, okay. which is slated third. So that'll probably be early uh, 2016. We go into production on that. What uh, What are some of your favorite horror films? All the classics, like you know, The, the Shining is one of my all-time favorites. Okay. I, Alien, it's sci-fi, but yeah, to me, that's true. still very horror because it, it still makes me jump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really I hated the remake you know, of The Shining time. they had in like the '90s. It was like a, a miniseries on TV. They remade it with the guy from Wings. It stunk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you can't like that. Alien to me is you know for you know that genre. It's pretty close to a perfect movie because you can still watch it today. Yeah. Effective. Yeah. It's still straight. Nothing looks fake. You know. <clears throat> it, it's it's a great movie, and those are the movies I like to kind of hold. They hold up over time. You I know, like that. What was it? Prometheus. Thing. Yeah, Prometheus. The is prequel or it's something. To be like the, yeah, it's it's that, it's about that that thing in the chair that they find in the first Alien movie. Yeah, that skeleton. Yeah, it's about the, that race. I, I'm torn with Prometheus. You know, it should have been a kind of a standalone. I think right. it just felt like the end tried too hard to fit the alien premise into it. Yeah, I yeah. thought I just thought the movie was boring. I just kind of couldn't get into it. I liked the abortion scene was great. <laughs> <laughs> Just sawed it out of her stomach. That was fucking amazing. Lasered it, whatever. Well, once you start making movies, you you, you start looking at movies, and anybody that can actually get one made and get one out there, I have respect for. So I yeah. find some value in what they put out because it's right. not an easy process. You know, do you, are there any movies out there that you would say are just like awful? Even like because you just said that you like to kind of see the value in it, but is there anything that's so bad that you don't see any value in it at all? Sharknado, that stuff. Oh, I love Sharknado. But, but people love Sharknado. <laughs> I know, I know. Like if you're stoned and drunk, I'll watch. <laughs> there was one scene in the second they they were on a fucking subway and, and the dude had a baseball bat and was just beating the shark it was so funny I didn't watch the second so one. I only saw that that like minute of it slipping through the channels my kids wanted to watch it and I'm like no I've been hearing, uh, not gonna happen 
I heard some rumors that they want to redo Stephen King's It on Sci-Fi, on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, it's, a, it's a great. We all we actually lost up here in Canada. We lost our so-called you know Sci-Fi. It kind of went the way of uh, you know too many mainstream television shows. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they really did. They uh, they're doing all that. You know that uh, reality TV show. Are they? Uh, yeah, on sci-fi. Sci yeah, really? Yeah. Wow. It's it's not good. <laughs> no. Like, yeah, there's only so many people I can see getting you know body paint put on them in a contest for Paul uh, <laughs> yeah. Albert. Oh, those like monster creation shows. Yeah, That's yeah. What, yeah my, my cousin actually tried to get onto that show because he does that that kind of work for yeah me. I've caught those here and there I didn't know they were on there they, they suck is that the Jim Henson yeah, thing yeah and that's the kind of for here so yeah you gotta go to you gotta go to the online channels for any of the good stuff like I just got into uh, what's that one uh, with uh, the guy from ER in it about the aliens kind of invading Earth uh, falling sky oh yeah oh uh, okay skies. yeah I, I meant to watch that one I've heard good things about it yeah it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So. Sweet. I'll have to check that out. What's that on? Uh, just. Uh, I think it was that an Amazon original. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it was I, on TV. It, I don't. I. Yeah. I don't know. All these full VOD world is getting confusing. Yeah. So, right. so my, it's all I don't scary. know where anything original anymore. So. No. But now there's a lot of. Good things like you know the Conjuring. That's uh, one of my that movie is amazing. Yeah, that you know that's the good scares, like good jumps. Yeah, <clears throat> I heard the one about the doll stunk though. Yeah, uh, I don't put too much faith in any sequels anymore. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It tends to be a cash grab. I got I got offered some money Devil Seed Two, and yeah, I said no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if you were going to make a sequel to uh, Kingdom Come or that one. Uh, I cross those bridges when I come to them. I don't. I don't ever plan on doing any sequels to anything. It, it, I get the one done, get it out in the world, let it does, do what it's going to do, and kind of move on. Yeah. You know? Nice. It's it fresh and creative. So. Was there any big actors in uh, Kingdom Come? What's that? Were there any uh, big name actors in the movie? No, no, we were pretty much unknowns, and that's one of the great things about horror to keep budget down, you know, horror kind of has a built-in audience, Yeah, where, you know, you, you have people that will see it, we don't need Brad Pitt, you know, or <laughs> Angelina Jolie, I've always thought you know. That, I've always thought that a lot of those horror movies, those are meant to make actors, you know, like, yeah. you, see, you see a lot of great actors have started out, like, as unknowns on some of these old horror movies, you know That's what I mean? That's true. Absolutely, like Matthew McConaughey, he was, he was in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Greg, we gotta we gotta uh, actually wrap this up. Um, why don't you uh, let the people where they can find you, get all your plugs out, and then we'll let you go. Yeah, yeah, just Devil Seeds, pretty much on. Uh, you guys are in the states, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah we're yes, we are. Based in New Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like we're on we're on VOD on every you know Time Warner, Comcast, Direct TV, you know uh, Google Play. So 
I just, yeah, hope people that see it, you know, enjoy it for what it is. Nice. All right, man. Take care. Okay, thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. Uh, here we go. All right, guys, uh, Robin Slim Show, we are back, and we have uh, Dr. Daniel Groove. Grove. 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 Daniel Grove on the phone. You are a uh, weight loss specialist. Is that what it is? Actually, I'm a intensive care physician. Cool. Um, and I also specialize in lung diseases and pulmonology. But wow. I got interested in weight loss because I take care of a lot of patients with sleep apnea. Okay. And people are just sort of short of breath because they're so big. Yeah. What uh what's the craziest thing you've seen? What's the craziest thing I've seen? Yeah, like doing that. Because of because of people's weight? Or just working saw, in that. Yeah. I saw a lady who weighed about eight hundred pounds in the intensive care unit on a ventilator. She had a tracheostomy and she was on a vent breathing through her neck. What? And I walked in on her eating her eating a tub of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Wow. wow. Do you just walk away with something like that and it's like there's no hope at all for somebody like that? Yeah, you just, yeah, you just drop the mic and leave. There's no, yeah, I, and I, yeah, I just told her to enjoy it. Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> we used to work with a guy. I was just telling the story last week. He would, uh, he would go to KFC and get two buckets of uh, chicken and his house was like 10 minutes from there. And by the time he got home, he would have eaten the one and... He, the the other bucket would be for his family and him to eat dinner with, and shockingly, he had yeah. like five heart attacks in like the last year or so. <laughs> yeah, he just he was diabetic. Yeah. He he smoked. He fucking drank monsters all the time. Like it's like you can't fucking it, it, do it, anything. It's not a way to live. <laughs> it's no. not a way to live. <laughs> You're, the, the lucky ones just die suddenly. Yeah, yeah. The quick, the quick release yeah. of death. What what do you do to like motivate somebody to finally like make changes? Because like I know somebody who's like really big and he's just getting bigger and bigger every year, not and he's not doing anything about not it. Not only like, that, but he's got the sodium sodium retention problem where his oh, leg just swells up. up every time he eats salty foods now. Oh, and he's well, young. Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can convince them to do something they don't want to do. That's it. I, I just try and and I and I, the reason I wrote this book is is was a research project I did in my training, and I just wanted to give people some education about how their bodies work and why being fat is so bad for them, and let them sort of make the decision on their own. I don't think you can really make somebody do something they don't want to do. Yeah. You have to make up their minds that they want to do something, and then I wanted to give them the information they needed to help them. That's cool. Now, uh, yeah, I'm trying to gain weight, dude. I've, I've lost, like... A couple pounds this summer. I'm just trying to gain weight. I, I'm trying to do the best thing. One of my friends told me uh, BCAA, I think it's called, to take that. I, I don't know what to do about that. I mean, if you want to, I mean, if you want to gain weight, just pretty much you can read my book and do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there a, yeah. There was a guy. There was a guy I saw. I posted on my blog. My blog is theweightlosscounterrevolution.com. I saw a guy who drank ten cokes a day for a month. And you think he gained like in a month, like thirty pounds? Wow! Yeah, I, I drink yeah. water basically. I, I, I can't. I, I can't drink soda anymore. It just it's gross. Well, yeah. here's a good question regarding that. Um, because you said you're like uh, well, sleep at, at the uh, doctor and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you know anything about like uh, myself and Rob here? We both work an overnight job. 
would that kind of affect like the weight gain and weight loss and stuff like that? I'm sorry, say that again. What, what kind of job? Overnight, an overnight job. So like we're usually oh, overnight job. Yeah, so we're up at like you know from six o'clock at night to nine o'clock the next morning. Uh, it depends. I mean, I think I think that it can affect your mood and your sleep cycles, which can affect your. Um, your general energy and how active you are it depends on what kind of job you're doing at night. Yeah. But generally, as long as you're as long as you're exercising and eating well, it doesn't matter when you're awake, you'll you'll be okay. That's hmm. cool. Yeah, I'm about six foot and about one sixty five. Is that a healthy weight uh, compared to my height? It depends. On, depends on how tall you are. Okay. Yeah, I'm about six foot. Yeah, you're probably a little bit skinny. You might want to hit the gym. Yeah, that's you what I, I've been trying to. <laughs> Slim's a fat ass. No, I'm not. <laughs> that would be irony, I guess. I'm, I'm very stocky, but at at the same time, I also have a kind of a gut too. So it's like, what now? As far <laughs> yeah, as, the, a, oh, sorry, go that's on. the best worlds. <laughs> <laughs> what type of workouts do you tell people to do? Because like for a while, I was doing like the P90X thing, and that's you know like super extreme beach body. But I could probably be fine with just doing like a ten minute workout, right? Well, it depends. I think the goal is is that as long as you're doing something intensely, there's uh, evidence in in research for something called high intensity interval training, which is a type of exercise less not a specific type like cardio versus weights, but more about doing brief bouts, like 30 seconds for a minute of really intense exercise with intermittent bouts of moderate intensity exercise, and you kind of go alternating. Hmm. I, I think the, the best, though, the best kind of exercise you can do is there's something called CrossFit. I don't know if you're so familiar with CrossFit. Yeah, I, I'm a I've little... a lot of people have success with it. Yeah, I'm a little familiar with CrossFit. I've heard... You, you hear, like, bad things about things like that, though, but who knows? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I think I think you can. I mean, the reality is, is that no matter what type of exercise or or um, anything that you do in a gym, you can get injured and you can hurt yourself no matter what. Um, but if you go to one of some of these gyms, they're pretty good. They'll help you. But I mean, I think there's so many. There's so much stuff out there. There's so many videos. There's so many ways that you can be successful. I mean, P90X is good. The problem with P90X is that it just takes so much time. Yep. That's why I always fall off it. But I also get into this weird mood where because I did like the P90X for a little bit, I can't motivate myself to do anything less. So it's like right. I don't want to do this extreme thing anymore, but then I'm not motivated to do anything that's you know shorter or not as extreme. Right. I think the important thing is just to have a, a sort of a commitment to changing your lifestyle. That's what works. Right. Because whatever you do, I mean, people, people tell me all the time, they're like, you know, if they dock, the diets don't work. And I ask them, well, did, did you stop them? And they say yes. And I usually tell them that the diets don't work when you stop doing them, which you'd think would be obvious, but it's not. <laughs> and the same with exercise. Exercise works very well when you do it, but it doesn't work very well when you stop. Yeah. Right. I heard this, too, like a plateau people hit where they just can't lose any more weight for a while. <clears throat> yeah, generally, though, that's because, generally that's because they've, done the same they're doing the same thing it means like whatever their diet and exercise level is is enough to maintain that weight so in order to break through the plateau there needs to be some sort of change either in the intensity of the exercise yeah. or in the way that they're eating okay but it's very difficult in our time it's very difficult to have a decent diet because the food that we eat is such crap yeah and we there's so much of that. it you know that's all like corn all the like, fast food all and fast food and that, all that that corn based stuff 
They just break. Even stuff that's not really, like, you wouldn't think is being unhealthy is full of, like, you know, the average size of our food has increased about 30 to 40% in the last, you know, 30 years. So if you've been eating, you know, like a bagel every morning for breakfast, that bagel is now 30% bigger. Huh. You know, what serving sizes are is much larger. And so even if you're eating some of the time, also there's tons of sugar in everything, you know, everything yeah. from ketchup to tomato sauce to soup, everything has sugar in it now because we're just so, we're so addicted to sugar that if they don't put sugar in it, we don't like it. So <laughs> but the reality is, is that it's destroying, it's really destroying people's lives. Like I, I, it's not just the sleep apnea stuff that I see. I'm, I'm in an intensive care unit all the time seeing the most extreme sort of consequences of people who have spent decades abusing their bodies. Yeah. And it's pretty horrific. Wow. And, you, and there's no really, and you can't really lecture somebody at that point. Cause it's yeah. too late, you know. They've done it too long. Once you had your stroke and you're drooling in the bed, sitting in a pile, you know, crap, having somebody change your diaper, like it's too late for exercise. So that's why I tried to do the yeah. book and the blog, really more for my patients, so that I can motivate them so that they don't get to that point. I had an uncle who just died, a great uncle, and he uh, got checked into the hospital. Um, and had taken himself off all his, like half of his medication. He was a diabetic. He, uh, he still drank and, uh, he checked himself out. He went home and like a week later he got, they, I, I don't know who called. They, they took him back and he just kept ripping the, the mask off the, I guess, oxygen and whatever IVs were in him. And he just kept saying he wanted to die, you know, to help him. It's crazy. Yeah. But that's how he was. He you was just too set in his ways. Yeah. Can't imagine that, dude. Hmm. Yeah, I have a I have a post on that. I have a post on my blog called um, "Obesity Horror Stories," where I just just gave three examples: people with non-healing diabetic ulcers in their feet. The problem when you have diabetes is that it kills the nerves in your feet. Yeah, and you, you can't feel anything, so you'll get a cut in your foot. Whereas normally the cut would hurt a normal person, and they would lay off it, and they would put a you know they would clean it and keep it taken care of. Somebody with diabetes doesn't know they have the wound. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I saw this horrendous picture. There's this very interesting app for doctors. Just like, it's like a horror, you know, Instagram or pic, you know, <laughs> Pinterest for doctors. Wow. It's called Figure One. You should check it out. It's called Figure One. You, you'd like it. I'm sure you guys would like it. So <laughs> the, um, it's, it's essentially like doctors content. and nurses and paramedics posting pictures of interesting, interesting to them. Many of them are like horrifying. To, like if you ever want to gross out mm. your spouse or sibling or whatever. <laughs> So one of the pictures I saw was this guy with horrible diabetes, and a rat had chewed off his toe. Wow! Yeah, you... yeah. When he was, and he was sleeping. It happened when he was sleeping, and he had no oh, idea because he couldn't feel it. Fuck. Diabetes had completely killed his nerve. Yeah, I used to work in a senior citizen community, and there was a a diabetic who every time you saw him, he would talk about having his toes plucked off, and or he'd step on a nail or something and not even know it and get like infections. Yeah, and... they they don't feel it, and then it gets infected, and because. Also, because the diabetes affects the blood flow, the small vessels, they don't get the immune system can't fight the infection as well. The antibiotics don't get there as well. And wow. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Well, I've heard about them going but, blind, but this, too. This, yeah. The, the interesting thing is, though, is that with, and the interesting thing about exercise, that exercise actually and weight loss will cure most of the vast majority of type 2 diabetes. Not all of them, yeah. but most of them. Yeah, my dad's borderline, and he goes to the VA. He goes to, like, some group now, and he's been losing weight. They tell him it's all about, like, portions and all that, but he's also a lazy dude. He'll wake up, he'll fucking eat breakfast, yeah. sit in his easy chair, watch some TV, and then take a nap. It's like, what are you tired from, man? 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's exa- being lazy can be exhausting. <laughs> and my mom keeps yelling at him that the chair was like three hundred dollars and not to sit in it all day, and she thinks well, he's yeah, ruining it. Yeah, talking a lot more in, your, in terms of your medication bill. <laughs> to burn the chair, I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. What uh? So, uh, growing up, did you always want to be like a doctor, or was this something that came later on? No, I always, I always want to be a doctor. Um, I don't know why. I was, I, I, I uh, like, you know, I like that kind of interesting stuff. I think it's fascinating. I like being in a job where stuff matters, you know, right? Where yeah. it makes a difference, but, but it's not, it's, it's, you know, it's not too boring. It's not too. Uh, you know, desk ridden. I don't have to sit at a desk all day, which I would kill myself if I had to do. <laughs> do you have to work so, uh, long shifts? Say what? Do you have to work uh, long shifts at all? Because I've heard about you know. Sometimes, some... yeah. I usually do in the ICU. I do twelve-hour shifts. Wow. That's crazy. You know, when, when we were in training, we used to do thirty-hour shifts. Wow. So thank God I don't have to do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Does it ever affect your home life at all? Like you know. <clears throat> What you see at work, does it ever, like, I don't know, get you in a bad mood and you take it out on the family or anything? Not usually. I think I think you get good after a while. When you see stuff like this every day, it doesn't really, you know, you leave it at work. It's, I think yeah. it's the same is true of, like, most most people have jobs like that, like nurses and paramedics and policemen and stuff like that. Yeah. That the reason that you can make it through the training and do the job is because you're able to compartmentalize. If you freaked out every time something like that happens, you wouldn't make it through, yeah. through the training. Yeah, I remember, I would, like I said, I worked in a senior citizen community and at a pharmacy, and, dude, sometimes I delivered the medicine, and just seeing these people in their home life, it was so depressing. I'd go home, like, just so depressed every day. Cause, or, or they'd open, right. you know, just seeing them in the state they were in, or the they'd open their fridge, and they'd have, like, one thing of food in there, and they were spending all right. their money on the medicine and all. Or, or you'd get close to them, and they'd, they'd die, like, a month later. Like, it was crazy. But there's also, it's not just, like, it's not just horror stories. I mean, there's a lot, I mean, you see a lot of people come back after you've taken care of them. People get better. People do lose weight. People change their lives, and, cool. and you get people through stuff. And it's so... So it's also extremely rewarding. It sounds very, mm. you know, if you focus on just the negative, horrible stuff, which is nice to like gross out your family and <laughs> stuff like that. But but most of the day you're you're helping people, you know, and it makes a difference. And it's it's, yeah. it's amazing what people what people <clears throat> can live with and still be happy, you know. Mm. And you can make them a little, you know, it's the type of job where you make somebody's life a little bit better, even if it was bad to begin with. But you can make it a little bit better. You can't yeah. you know, always fix everything. But yeah, that's what I feel about the show. We, you know. Give people a couple hours away from their shitty, you know, everyday lives. Right. So uh, it's kind of the same as being a doctor. I, I know. Yeah. Does anything surprise you anymore? Um, not really. I mean, it's amazing. It, it sometimes I, I find myself being surprised by how much people like, lie to me <laughs> all <laughs> the time, <laughs> and it's amazing, you know. Like, I, you know, people, especially the, the drug addicts and alcoholics, oh. amazing how they lie. Yeah. And just to your face and, <laughs> you know, and, and when I'm not, I'm not the police, I'm not going to get you in trouble. It's not, <laughs> it's not helping you to lie to me. <laughs> yeah. What's the biggest um, but, difference uh, you've made in somebody's life? Oh, well, we save lives every day here, you know. Yeah. So. Going back to the lie thing, the time. What, what's the silliest lie that you've heard? <laughs> 
the silliest lie. Like the most ridiculous thing that somebody said to you to, to lie about, like their alcoholism or drugs or whatever. Heroin. They were lying to you. About. Well, I had a guy. I, yeah, I had a guy last two weeks ago who came in with like what was clearly a heart attack from it was clearly from cocaine, just the way <laughs> just the way he was. And he said straight up, like, he hadn't used drugs all the time. And we, of course, tested his urine. It was positive. And I went in. I'm like, you know, we, we used to get this all the time when I was in my training, too. We'd get the guys who would say that they had, you know, their, their drug tests were positive because of secondhand crack smoke, which was always... <laughs> secondhand crack smoke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. right? we, I, you know, they were always say, like, I, hey, Doc, I wasn't, I wasn't smoking it. I was just around it. I picked, <laughs> I picked up a hitchhiker. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it was in, it was in, so they were hot boxing in the car with me. Yeah, I, I, I would never do that stuff. You know, That's amazing. And then, and then, like, you get these guys, you know, I, I trained in Atlanta, Georgia, in downtown Atlanta, and then, and, you know, you get these guys, for some reason, they really didn't like heroin down there because they are afraid of needles. So you get these guys who are, you know, alcoholic smokers on crack with all these, you know, but, but I don't do heroin. That's bad for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know those guys all the time. You don't do that. Yeah, so they do a lot all the time. But, you know, you kind of expect it. Yeah. What's your opinion with, like, uh, with weed being legal in most places now? Like, what's your yeah. views on that? You think that's, like, a gateway drug, well, or? I don't know. I can't imagine anybody, like like I said, I can't imagine. I don't, I don't buy the evidence that it's a gateway drug. I mean, it's not like anybody's going to, you know, shoot up heroin, but not do, you know, not smoke pot. You know? Yeah. So, so I think that, uh, first of all, I, I hope they don't make it medicinal. I hope they just legalize it, because the last thing I want is a bunch of potheads coming to my house you know, yeah. complaining that a glaucoma is going out of control, you know, so, <laughs> like this, I, I, you know, I just rather they just hold bypass the whole medical thing and just yeah. go straight to the, you know, the, the legalized completely. Um, I, you know, I, I, listen, it's, it, it's clearly medically not worse for you than alcohol. Like it's probably not the best thing to be smoking pot all the time. I mean, you don't really know a lot of very successful, wealthy, happy potheads, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I think, I think everybody needs to go. Like everybody goes through their pot smoking phase, and at some point in your life, you kind of, have, you know, you kind of have to say, "Yeah, I think I need to be a grown up now." <laughs> right. um, and, and, I mean, I guess that obviously, is, unless you're a, you know, rapper or a professional athlete, and then you can, I guess, you can get away with it. But other than that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the most of the potheads are not successful athletes generally, <laughs> with the munchies and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why, is that why your dad can't get off the recliner? Is that what's going Dude, on with that? No, he doesn't do any anything like that, man. He won't yeah. even take like pain medicine when they give him it. Like he's been in, in horrible oh. like motorcycle accidents and won't even take like Percocet, where he's had yeah, like we get a lot, broken legs. Yeah, we shit. get a lot of those. That's a that's a, now that's a gateway drug. I've seen I've seen people who who go to the doctor because of like a back injury or something. I had a guy never ever used drugs in his whole life. And he had a back injury, went to an orthopedist, got a bunch of Percocet, and then started this, like, you know, he got into the pain medicine clinic where he was getting it, like, they were giving oh. him, like, candy, and then yeah. that guy got shut down, and then he got hooked on it, and he was getting it from dealers, and he started getting into heroin, and yeah. it was, like, wow. a spiral. That's what it is. It's, like, this, a different formulation yeah. of heroin, right? Like, they just formulate it differently. Yeah. Well, that's what morphine, I think, is, right? Yeah. An opiate. Yeah, well, morphine and heroin, they all, they're all the same kind of... They all come from the same source, the same poppies that they go in Afghanistan. Aren't there so, some uh, countries where they um, where they use heroin in the hospitals instead of morphine? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I know not, that. Like, there's not a lot of difference between heroin and morphine. 
Yeah. There's actual, like, pharmacy-grade Coke, though, right? Because it used to show up on our computers, and I was told they use that for, um, like, broken noses. They'll swab your nose with cocaine in the hospital. Yeah, yeah the dentist, dentists use cocaine sometimes. I think they probably are shying away from it because I, I think that to keep that stuff in your supply closet is a big hassle with all the government regulations. Yeah, we couldn't even order it. Like I said, we were at a pharmacy. Yeah, but it's interesting that, that you can, cocaine is a Schedule 2 drug, but marijuana is Schedule 1. Schedule 1 meaning there's absolutely no use for it. Now, how is Marinol compared to marijuana? Like, I heard Marinol only makes you hungry. Yeah, I think that's that's what it's supposed to do. It's like, yeah, it's taking all the fun out of it, probably. <laughs> yeah, because it's like the, um, the pill form. Yeah. It's hard to fit it in your bong, too. It doesn't work very well. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it's actually very good. Like, it's a very good. Marijuana's a very good drug for, for with like, end-stage cancers and for AIDS and for other things where they have no appetite and they have a lot of pain. And, and so, you know, it's very yeah. it's very effective for those things. It's really a shame that, that it's, it's illegal because they yeah. can get some benefit from it. It's certainly no worse than... You know all the, all the other stuff that you can get. Yeah, legally, you know. Exactly. And I mean, you know, they say, like, I think it's better. Like, you know, you always want somebody to be stoned. Like, the, the joke was that you know the drunk drivers run the red lights, and the stone drivers stop at the green one. <laughs> <laughs> yup. You know, and like nobody, like nobody, everybody gets you know nobody gets stoned and like beats their kid. You mm. know, maybe they get stoned mm -hmm. and they steal their kid's lunch money, but they won't beat their kid. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably better that people should be smoking pot. Yeah, I think so. But it wouldn't be good for the obesity thing. <laughs> That's for <No>. sure. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a little close, I think. Yeah. Did you have another question? Um, I actually had it. This is like a, a probably a silly question, but like, what what does a guy like you do for fun, man? Is it all just medical, or like, what kind of hobbies you got? So, I mean, I, I do like exercise. I do the CrossFit thing. I have I have four children, so most of my wow. time is spent with them yeah um but that's I, a lot. You know, I do sports i play basketball i play guitar for fun cool oh, nothing serious that's awesome but but mostly i you know spending time with my family is my hobby yeah that will do it <laughs> cool cool all right man it was uh really cool talking to you we're gonna uh wrap it yeah. up so why don't you uh promote your book whatever your website whatever you got to do and we'll let you go man appreciate it. the book is called the weight loss counter revolution you can get it on amazon and the blog, where I post up on the blog new information every couple weeks or so when stuff comes out in the news, I'll put recipes and some exercises. Some exercises is weightlosscounterrevolution.com. Awesome. So then, yeah. Thank you so much, Doctor. All right. Pleasure. Yeah, yeah. man. Take care, man. Have a good night. You too. You too. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, he was fun. He like was him. cool. All right, we're going on break, guys. I we'll forgot to ask. We'll I wanted to see Alice's prescription. Oh, you I'll message him on Twitter. <laughs> you should. <All> right. <laughs> we'll be back. All right. What's up, guys? Robin Slim Show. We're back. We got a uh, Christmas book person. Christmas shoes. Let me see. We got uh, a cook calling in. Italian cook. She made a cookbook with... Uh, I'm calling her. All right. Whenever. She. It's uh, Mama's Christmas Cookbook. It's fucking amazing shit. Classic Italian family recipes to inspire new holiday traditions. And that's what's great. It's fucking 
Food. Oh, shit. I'm right, starving. Well, let's, let's give her a call. Yeah, I'm fucking yeah, hungry too, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love fried calamari. We have to ask her if she can cook us something and ship it to New Jersey. And make sure you got the make number some, right. Make some cookies so, for us. Overnight it. Like an hour of that shit. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Hello? Yeah, hi, Arlene. Yes. How you doing? It's the Robin Slim Show. Hi, good evening. So your book, Mama's Christmas Cookbook, yes. how long ago did that come out? Uh, it uh, came out in September 29th of this year. Okay. And you're a native of uh, New York? Yes, I was born in the Bronx. Grew up uh, in the Bronx. Moved up to Rockland County when I was married. My children were raised there. And hmm. <clears throat> I retired, and I am now in uh, Florida. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask where you were now. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Now, um, did this is your was it your mother in law, or? Yes, this is uh, the recipes from my my mother in law. So I love that. I love that because that's how like it just seems like my grandmother is too. You know, she's passed down her recipes. You know, to my you know aunts and uncles and all that. That's Precisely. just how it is. That's that's the reason why I. Uh, Put this book together because so many people had said to me, gosh, my grandmother used to make that and I don't have the recipe for it. And <laughs> that's precisely what, uh, you know, inspired me to do this. Yeah, that's what I love about it. I just made the uh, Zeppelis. My boys were up for Thanksgiving and uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, my oldest son, he, I, I'm sure he would have finished them on his own, but we ate, we made, it made like two plates of them. And the first night we ate a whole plate. And the second day, we finished the rest. Uh, isn't it amazing how, you know, uh, you can get so much from your family over just doing something with food? Yeah. <laughs> I think he said to me, Daddy, why are these so good? And I'm like, they just are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's seven. It's great. And uh, I, he was talking to my ex-wife one day, and she asked him, I guess um, her father makes cookies, and she asked him what he liked better, and he said, Daddy Zeppelis. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, when you, uh, you you got a big family, I'm sure, right? Yes, I have a, a very large family, and yeah. I also have uh, an extended family. I'm married for the second time. Okay. And uh, I have, uh, you know, that family also, and yeah. it's just wonderful when we get together and uh, and we all get along, and it, it's just wonderful. Uh, usually, Christmas time, I'm about to go up to New York to nice. be with, uh, you know, everyone. Yeah. And, of course, I'm going to cook. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my grandmother. She cooks for, like, you know, she has six kids, and every one of them has, you know, three or four grandkids. It's huge. I was just telling Slim how loud it gets over there, you know. Exactly. And it's just a wonderful uh, time of the year. This book was written with, uh, you know, my mother-in-law's recipes for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Yeah. But those recipes transcend throughout the whole year. Oh, yeah. But she just concentrated on on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day of having the whole family together. Hmm. Uh, just a, a great time of the year. Now, I didn't see, have you ever heard of, like, it just seems to me like every Italian family has a different thing. And my, my Aunt Rose used to make this Easter pie. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yes, it's the grain pie. That's, yes. It's in there, in okay. My, it is in my book. I have that, in, that recipe in my book. I loved it, and she passed away 
Probably about a year ago, and I always wondered, you oh, know. Oh, spaghetti and crab sauce. My uh, Aunt Kay used to make this all the time. <laughs> the spaghetti with the crab? Yeah, spaghetti yeah. with clam? <laughs> I, I also, my one aunt, my Aunt Annie used to make, um, she always put peas in her spaghetti sauce. Yes. Yes. I always thought it was like different from like whatever you know whatever region of Italy you were from. It seemed like the recipes kind of differed because my friend Danny, his mother always made this this thing called moyats. It was like a fried spaghetti like dish. It was really really good. Mm-hmm. I got I got to point yeah. out right now that we uh, we gave your book to our, our buddy uh, Pete, who's here, <laughs> and he is completely absorbed in it right now. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma well, I'm used to glad make... that you're enjoying looking at it. It's amazing. <laughs> My grandma used to make half this stuff. Yeah. Those little cookies. Stuff. What are those uh, little cookies called? Uh, like the little balls. Uh, I don't know which ones you're talking about. Oh, I... I... They kind of look like they got almond... Like sprinkles on them, kind of, like... <sighs> With the honey? The honey balls? Yeah, yeah. Those are great, too. In, yeah, in Italian, we call them the strufflers. Yeah. And, and that's usually, uh, you know, done at Christmas. Mm. A lady Mary I used to work with would make them every Christmas uh, for us. Right. And then they have, we have the uh, Anginetti cookies that uh, is made a lot, you know, for Christmas. Yeah. So I got a question real quick. Um, all the recipes in the book you said were your mother-in-law's recipes. Did you keep them exactly the way she had them, or did you tweak them a little bit? Well, you know what was difficult about it? My mother-in-law was uh, an old-timer. She never really learned how to read or write because she grew up in Italy on, on a farm, and you know she came to America. And her recipes were uh, oral recipes. You know, she would say it, you know, uh, you know, verbalize it. And, of course, she never really measured anything. It was like two fingers of milk, a chunk <laughs> of butter, a dash of salt. So you have to try and convert that. And cooking truly is an art form. You just mm. put, you know, if you eye things together, you know uh, it, it is an art. Baking, on the other hand, is a science. Baking you have to be pretty precise about. Yeah. So you you put it together, you experiment uh, for oh my god, for many years that I experimented <laughs> until I got it right. Did she run a restaurant or was it just no for family? No, she was just a housewife. She had uh, four children, and those huh. children married, of course, and had uh, their spouses and and the grandchildren. She would have them every Sunday. We were there for, yeah. for dinner. She would make dinner. God bless her. And it was wonderful. It was, it was just wonderful being together with the family. Yeah. A- and that's what's missing today in our society. We need to get together. Families are our biggest strength. Yeah. You know. I and, agree. Uh, cooking is a part of that. Yeah. That's like we were just uh, like I said you know at Thanksgiving and there was like thirty of us at least in the same room. You know, and my my oldest son leaned over and he said, "Daddy, I like Thanksgiving." Because, you know, I guess just the company, and I was like, that's good, you should, buddy, you know. You know, it, it's interesting to point out that a lot of families nowadays don't, like, sit down and have dinner together anymore. It's just like somebody cooks dinner and someone, you know, one of the kids walks out, fills his plate up with something and goes into his room goes to play video room. games while yeah. eating the food. But uh, yeah. 
Well, that, that's unfortunate because even today, the kids, even if you're sitting at the table, the kids have their phone yeah. and they're texting. And, you know, uh, recently we got together with the family, uh, the whole, we were 19 of us, and uh, we took away their phones. They, text, they had to interact with uh, other family members, and we had a great time. Yeah. It's an even even though, like, you know, you're on the computer, people kind of forget there's people on the other, you know, the other side of that, exactly. you know, on Twitter. Like, you have to think there, there's a person on the other side of that. Yeah, we, we really, as a society, have to get back to uh, communicating with one another yeah. uh, on a personal level, face-to-face, yeah. -face, you know, with your children, talking to them. And, and of course, my thing is, is cooking for them. Yeah. Because cooking for them uh, brings... When when you cook for a family, it brings a family together. Yeah. That's like even the texting. Like, I have friends that, like... Because I don't have texting on my phone, and, you know, I go to call them, and they they don't answer because they weren't... You have to, I guess, text somebody now to tell them you're going to call a lot of times. Before like, you call, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what? Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. If I try to call my daughter sometimes, she doesn't answer the phone. But if I text her, she's there immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so do you cook, like, every meal in your household? Like, my grandmother used to, uh, she had, like, this routine where she would wake up at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning. Wow. She would make us, like, a huge breakfast. She would be already preparing, like, dinner. She'd have something set aside for lunch. And her whole day was basically just, like, preparing these meals and getting stuff ready. Mm. No, I don't, you know, uh, not today. Today, I do cook every, usually every night for dinner for my husband and I. And, yeah, I do think about it during the day. What am I going to, uh, you know, prepare for the evening? And, and I plan it. And But, but no, I don't make the big breakfasts and the big lunches anymore. Yeah. Uh, we just don't do that. But I do try and uh, have dinner ready. You know, I saw, too, it touched on... The fish, oh, what was that, Christmas Eve? Yes. Oh, I hated that, I, the bacala. Oh, I love bacala. Yeah, oh, I remember one time, one time my family tried giving me, I couldn't stand it. But... Oh, I fucking eat that shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I eat that stuff so much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was never a fan of that. Well, you know why you have the fish on, on Christmas Eve? Because it's just a uh, an extension of... of um, Christmas, the uh, Catholic Christmas, if you have seven fishes, it, it would stand for the seven sacraments. So yeah. If you only had three, it would be for the Holy Trinity. But yeah. that was all part of, you know, the Catholic faith. Yeah. <laughs> so now, do you uh, ever make trips to, like, Italy, or...? Oh, yeah, we go. We have uh, relatives in Italy, um, cool. and uh, I share some recipes with them. As, as a matter of fact... Um, I'm on Facebook, and I just did a book signing in this uh, wonderful uh, Italian market. And in back of me, they had these cans of tomatoes. So a cousin of ours in Italy looked at my picture and saw my book signing and called me the queen of the tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if you were on Facebook or Twitter. I, I couldn't find you on Twitter, but I, I didn't even check on Facebook. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. Cool. Not on Twitter yet. <laughs> don't know the tech. Don't know oh. all that technology. <laughs> yeah, I only did it for the I'm show. 
I'm still, uh, you know, a, an old girl learning, <laughs> trying to learn new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so now you said that you're retired. If you don't mind me asking, what were you doing when you were working? Uh, I was um, retired as a caseworker for uh, foster care. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> was that something that you really enjoyed doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, when you work with uh, children in foster care, you you see the breakdown of the family. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when you get them into foster care in a good home and they're sitting around a table and they're and and the, the parents is cooking for them it's so healing for them was there ever like the worry that maybe you might be putting uh kids in like the wrong home or would you always really scope everything out I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't get that. What? It was a bad question. Um, no, I, I ordered it wrong. But I was wondering because, like, like I don't really understand any of like the uh, the foster care or anything like that. And I was wondering mm -hmm. if there was ever the fear of when you do select these homes for kids that they'd be going to a home that you thought was good but really wasn't. Well, most of the children that are in foster care are removed from from their biological home for. For one reason or another, most of the time they're abused. Hmm. Okay, yeah, that's... Is that what you're trying to say? I'm, I'm not quite sure what you're trying yeah. to say. Yeah, me neither. So yeah, just... he was, that was a crappy question. Yeah, it was a bad question to begin <laughs> with. But the book is uh, primarily, it's got uh, the, the recipes are fairly easy. There's nothing that, uh, you know, is way out there. It's uh, simple uh, herbs and, you know, and Italian recipes call for garlic oil, parsley, cheese. And, and that's just about, you know, uh, most of the recipes that go with it. You know, nothing that's really out there. You know, yeah, that's, that's what I like about hard it. Hard to, to get. <clears throat> what is, uh, <laughs> what's your favorite recipe in the book? Oh, good question. My particular favorite, I always love spaghetti with clams. Yeah. That's my yeah. favorite. But there are so many. There's uh, spaghetti with the mussels you can make with mussels, I mean, the fish. And then, of course, uh, another great recipe that I love is uh, chicken with potatoes and peas, which is so easy to make. I mean, there's... Hmm. It's not difficult at all. Yeah. But there are there are many, many recipes. Ooh, I just uh, saw pickled in eels in there. Yeah, they have, uh, well, uh, the Italians like pickled eels, and it, it, it's, it's okay. You have to acquire a taste for it. <laughs> I like, um, do you do you have any um, recipe in there for, um, like, managot? Yes, homemade managot yeah. from scratch. Oh, I love they that. They come out as light as a feather. <sighs> yeah, my grandmother makes that too. That's so good. Yeah, and then, of course, there's lasagna. Mm. Uh, there's uh, calamad, which is uh, another delicacy. You know, you could either put it with sauce or you could fry it up with breadcrumbs. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty popular, <clears throat> you know, in the restaurants. When you go to an Italian restaurant, you get your fried calamad with sauce. I love that. I love yep. the pasta fagiole too. That's so good. Right, pasta fagiole, and there's there's a lot of recipes in here that that she did. I I also talk about her. 
Hmm. Uh, my mother-in-law, you know, when she lived, how she uh, interacted with her family, how she uh, came here from Italy. Uh, you know, not knowing, I, I thought she was a very brave person because yeah. she came here on a honeymoon, not knowing how to speak English, not having any family, and yet uh, made a wonderful life here. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I saw that you said she she came on her honeymoon and never went back to Italy. Well, like 30 never years later. Back, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. <clears throat> and of course, you know, they, they lived in uh, areas, in Italian areas in, in New York. And, you know, they had uh, their uh, gumadas and gumbadas, which were their friends, helped raise their families. And that was that was their family. Yeah. They relied upon one another to, uh, you know, to succeed. Like it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah, nobody does that anymore. No, nobody. I don't even, you know, I've noticed from when I was a kid how different it's changed. Like you used to talk to your neighbors all the time. I've had neighbors move in in the past year that I I don't even know their names. or You don't even know them, right? I haven't even said hi to them. Yeah, it's it's so weird. And if you say hi to them, they look at you like you have three heads or something. Yeah, you feel like a creep, you know. I don't like that. Yeah, but years ago, yeah, years ago, it, it, you know, everybody uh, helped raise your kid. I mean, if your yeah. kid was out in the street, they would watch them just as they would watch their own. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I think it should be. So, yeah, and I, I talk about that. I talk about the tradition, uh, you know, that she had, the family tradition of being together her Sunday dinners, we used to go there on every Sunday. Mm-hmm. God bless her. I mean, she would cook up a storm, and uh, at the end of the day, instead of you being so full, she would come out and say, well, you want a little piece of sandwich to go home with? <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> things like that that you remember, you know. Your bellies were always full, and That's she awesome. had the stamina <laughs> to uh, cook for all these people and clean up and you know, today, yeah. you know, we get tired of being in the kitchen all day long. But years ago, they, they loved it. They hmm. they did it. Yeah, that's another thing um, I remember hearing, that my great-grandmother always had two kitchens, one to cook in and one for show. And one for show. And, of <laughs> course, all Italian families had the downstairs. Yup, the, the basement. <laughs> and downstairs yeah. in the basement, they made all their yeah. tomatoes. You would have on the ceiling hanging herbs drying yeah I mean, that was the downstairs <laughs> exactly so now did you uh, manage to fit all of your mother-in-law's recipe in this one book or were there some that you weren't able to fit in there uh well these are just some of her favorites uh and some that um i put together that i know that that she liked but she mm. never made you know but um mm. Uh, yeah, most of these are all hers. That's awesome. Are you going to release another cookbook with uh, recipes that you've made on your own? Uh, possible. Yeah, I'm <laughs> thinking about it. That's great. I'm just, uh, like I said, this book came out in September, and um, I am uh, amazed about the, the response that people are are giving me about it. They, they love it, and uh, I, I'm just, I am just on a wonderful journey with this book, and it's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience. And yes, I'm thinking about putting together other recipes of maybe my own. Hmm. That's awesome. 
All right, Arlene, uh, we're going to have to wrap this up. Why don't you uh, tell the people where they can get your book, uh, whatever else you want to well, promote, and then we'll let you go. It's uh, called Mama's Christmas Cookbook. And Mama, by the way, is spelled M-O-M-M-A. Yes. And it's available on Amazon.com. And it's also available through Trimark Press. And uh, their, their phone number is 800-889-0693. Is there a uh, digital version? It's it's on Amazon.com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Arlene. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for having me on. And it's uh, a pleasure to talk to you. You too. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Good night now. Good night. Have a great Christmas. Thank you. You too. Thanks. And use some of my recipes from the book. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Awesome. That's cool. All right, we're taking a break. We'll be back. All right, what's up, guys? Robin Slim Show, and we have... uh... We have Shinobi Ninja on the line. What's up? What's up, dude? Now, uh, how many members are there in your group? Well, we got six members. Six. Uh, You got got four members. You got Maniac Mike. You got Alien Lex, you got Doobie Duke Sim, you got Baby G, a.k.a. Baby Jesus. <laughs> That's who's here right now. Nice. Um, many, many, many amazing shout-outs to our missing members on the interview. Uh, Terminator Dave and DJ Access Powers, they couldn't make it today, but they say hi. Nice. Right, yeah, cool. my friend uh, Brian, my, my friend DJ Watts sent me a message, and he said that uh, Marcus uh, Access is his boy. Yeah. That's right, man. That's, That's cool. the love right there. Yeah, man. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So how long have you guys been doing music for? Collectively or like as a band? Uh, I guess collectively. Shit, like a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Now Dave does the guitar, right? Yes, I play guitar. That's cool, man. That's awesome. And uh, how did you guys meet? How did you get together? Got at a recording studio in Hell's Kitchen, New York City, New York, on the planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Do do you guys? Do you guys have uh, how many CDs do you have out? I have three CDs. Well, yeah, we have two. We have two uh, two full length albums. On uh, one of them is a double album, though. Our nice. second album is a double album. Cool. All right, so uh, I was listening to a lot of your songs earlier, and I, I love it. I think it's great. But uh, me and my buddy were talking, and we were trying to figure out, like, if we could place you in a genre. What do you consider you, yourselves? Because we were thinking, like, you got, like, a 90s rock sound going with a little bit of rap. Well, you know, everyone asks that question. Everyone is kind of confused. I have people <laughs> tell me every day they, they can't make up their mind about what they think we are. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I for one, I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good to be different. That's a good way to go about it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You guys are from uh, from Brooklyn, right? That's right. Nice. You guys ha- kind of had the Beastie Boys vibe to you when we were watching the video earlier. Rock and roll. That's that's what. That's uh, which video were you guys watching? Oh, we saw um, uh, what was it? Rock Rock Hood. That was the one we opened oh. the show with. 
Yeah, tight, man. That's super tight. That was in a video game, right? Yeah, yeah, NBA 2K12. Mm. Fucking awesome, man. And uh, the other one we checked out was, uh, well, I checked out earlier, it was What If Times Change. Uh, it was great. That song was so, or What If Times Don't Change. Uh, well, the song itself is What If Times. Okay. Times, yeah. But What If Times Don't Get Better Than This. That's right. Are you enjoying your time here on the earth at the present moment? That's it, man. It's like, we enjoy it for now. That, that was fucking amazing. It was a positive vibe. I loved it, man. Rock and roll, yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Now, who does your production? Do you guys do that as well? Because the fucking videos look amazing, dude. Well, that's definitely an in-house thing, man. We do all of our own records. Okay. Yeah, we do everything ourselves, man. Nice. That's sweet, yep. dude. And what was in uh, Rock Hood? You were in like a hallway with like words on the on the wall. I was just wondering, like, what those words said or anything. Man, I have no idea. It was an abandoned high school. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it was so cool. Like, it was like, what the fuck? I want to know what that shit said. <laughs> That's awesome. Where? Do you guys uh, perform a lot? Yeah, we play a lot of shows, man. We played what over thousands. We play over thousands. Yeah, thirty-eight. No, we we played no, no. It's more than that. It's more than I. I think I think um I think uh, on a yearly basis we've been doing like probably like I don't know like fifty to a hundred shows for the last like three years something wow. like that. Wow, that's a grind, man. Yeah, you know, we did. We just we just came off of uh, our summer tour for Escape from New York. Uh, the first uh, first half of our second album. And uh, we did, uh, we did in 38 days, we did 34 shows. Mm. Uh, we went around the country. Wow. That rules. That is cool. Okay, we've been grinding a little bit, doing some New York stuff now since we've back. Yeah, yeah. Now, who's the chick in the band? That's Baby G, a.k.a. Baby G. Nice. How you doing, Ha! <laughs> How you doing, baby? This <laughs> cherry was popping. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. <laughs> so I uh, sound like you're like awesome daddy. Cool. Thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm a. Uh, I it's consider. Like, yeah, you're like. <laughs> like, whoa, you guys sound like you're in a party without us. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We try. Yeah, I grew up up north. I grew up in uh, Bergen County. It was fucking awesome. Go Bergen. Fuck yeah, man. I, I was in New Milford, bro. Say where? New Milford. Oh, New Milford. All right, man. Yeah, man. Yo, you got, you got um, Maniac and Terminator coming from, from high school in Englewood. Nice. Yeah, man. I was uh, right there. That's right, yo. I know Watson, man. I used to chill with DJ Watts all the time. I remember uh, we were just fucking smoking once in, I don't know, whose backyard and... We were just fucking, I think Mystic was the new drink at the time, and I don't know what the fuck we were talking about, but somebody said something, and we we both looked at each other, and we were like, by the makers of Mystic. Was, <laughs> that was the fucking coolest, like, the coolest thing ever, bro. <laughs> That's rock and roll, man. Yeah. <laughs> and Watson, man, he said he's placed in, like, the DMCs, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah, man. I'm trying to get him on, but he's... <laughs> He's always busy. You know, at one point, uh, the studio 
that we have in New York, we made uh, the scratch finals for DJ Shifty, who won just a few years ago. Nice. He was in the final. That's cool. It was pretty dope. He was a mathematician, a math major at Harvard, and he graduated at the top of his class, and he decided to be a DJ. Nice. He had some great math formulas. Pretty much every time that the, the, the turntable spun around, like one full rotation, that was like the size of a sample. So he had like one dot on the top of the record. And every time it came around, it was a different sample. It was super dope. Wow. Yeah, I fucking love yeah. DJs, man. So do all you guys work like a day job, or is it just the music? This is it, man. You're looking at it. Cool, That's cool, cool man. That's... That's awesome. It's living the dream. Yeah, man. I don't know, where do I get those stickers? You guys always have stickers in your fucking videos that are awesome. <laughs> well, we got a limited amount of those cool vinyl guys left. We've got um, a, a new edition on the way. Nice. Uh, right now, we're, we're, we're getting a new, a new stock really, real soon. For sure. Cool, man. Have to hook us up. Yeah. If you if you log on to bigcartel.shinobinenza.com, what is that? If you Google, Google Shinobi Ninja Big Cartel. There's a, there's a, an order link that you can order stickers from us. Cool. Good yeah. shit. Do you guys have a, like a CDs pressed too? Tons of those. Man. Also, you can get them from our web store. Cool. That is awesome. Or you just break into the studio and take them from underneath the recording desk. <laughs> <laughs> With Nixon we're looking masks. at him right now. Yeah, we're looking at him right now. <laughs> we'll all wear Nixon masks as we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. Have you guys done any uh, radio? Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny you ask. Um, the Escape from New York album was a top hat on CMJ's uh, Top 100. Wow. Uh, and it... Uh, during the time of the release, it made its way to number one on the hip-hop charts in a bunch of different cities. Nice. Yeah, it's it weird, really cool man. The fucking radio's oh, changed so much. Say again? Radio has changed so much. Like, K-Rock used to be such a cool place, man. They used to play, like, you know, Beasties and, like... I forgot my phone. What's that, dude? Well, no, I'm in detail. Is this him? Hold on one second. We have we have a friend who had um, misplaced a telephone. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, radio's, radio's a little bit different now, man. Um, the Q seems to be like the only station that's playing like rock music a lot. Like, but it's like more like what? Like I don't know. Like down here and anywhere. And we got we actually had um. A couple of songs played on uh, Q104.3, and we did an interview with them, too, which is really dope. Oh, and then they cool. put us on the Catalpa Music Festival. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome, dude. It was tough. And we, we opened up for Snoop Dogg and the Black Keys. Wow. I think it was Snoop Dogg's last gig as Snoop Dogg before he became Snoop Lion. No, I think he became yeah he became Snoop Lion that, uh, that night. That night, yeah, at the Catalpa Festival. That was That's pretty cool, man. That's yeah, we played awesome. that gig. That's right. That's cool, man. <laughs> My dear, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so are all of you guys like really close friends like even when you're not playing music you all hang out and party and stuff I mean you know we, we spend so much time together now I mean we like we used to not be in a band together and we all worked at the same recording studio and we were trading sessions and making records and you know playing each other's bands whenever we needed yeah and now we're just with each other pretty much every day I think by the time 4 o'clock rolls around we're all in the studio working on the record 
But, That's you know, cool. But we're in a record. We're drinking. We're smoking weed and all that shit. Yeah, we're always in, we always end up working together all the time, and like and like so you know kind of kind of what it is. But also a lot of us spend our like lives together. Like the twins, you know, they're obviously twins, and and Da and I we also grew up together um, in uh, in Bensonhurst, known my whole life basically. Nice, it's a family affair. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. I like that. Now, baby, uh, like, do you guys have kids? Like, I was wondering if the if the kids in the video were you know anybody's kids. No kids yet. Ah, no. I didn't know if it was hard to, to do that, you know, with a band, to raise families and shit. For sure. Yeah, man. Because, uh, yeah, I, I, I work with Slim, and we barely talked during the week. And, like, this, okay. I don't know, like, this day is the only day we, like, really talk or anything like that. That's a tough scene, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. What what upcoming you know what upcoming projects do you guys have? Well, uh, January thirteenth, we are going to release our next album. It is entitled Artistic Vision, and it is really fucking wild. Cool. Have to check that um, out. Man. Much more of a, a freestyle acid trip than um, most of our records. <laughs> but it sounds great. It's just really different because we've kind of recorded all the music jamming in our jamming in our live room with all the amps on and like the drums on and stuff and like we did each track in like four hours. Like we literally like wrote it and like came up with it in the room in like four hours and it's five songs. And then uh, the next week we did the vocals on it. So it's like there's like a lot of like interesting things happen in these instrumental sessions and, and the tracks just came out super different from everything else we've ever done, so we wanted to show it to everybody, you know? Nice. That's awesome, dude. You guys have a lot of likes on Facebook, man. Holy shit. That's from the hustle and the grind. Yeah, man. I'm trying yeah. that. I... <laughs> it's hard, man. Word. Especially down here. South Jersey is just garbage, man. <laughs> we get down. <laughs> Mystic Island. What's it? Mystic Island. Yeah, there's nothing down here, man. <laughs> Shout out to Donnie Wahlberg, bro. <laughs> I don't know. What, uh. I don't think it's Yeah, me too. So, uh. All right, what, what um what 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 kinds of music are like your biggest uh, inspirations? I was just like wondering, like um obviously you know you got the you have the rap thing going on, you have like um you know a lot of rock, but any like uh like anything else that you guys like really like really enjoy? Like what bands? What what rappers? Enya, are... yeah, Enya, damn it. Enya is the shiznit. I got everybody on Enya DA. Me and DA, I feel like I got everybody on Enya all of a sudden, like, and, and like, it just became the shit. Like, like we were rocking it really hard. Huh. That's cool. That is cool. What about uh, Sublime? Do you guys like any of uh, the old uh, Sublime stuff with uh, Bradley Noel? Let me tell you something about the band Sublime. You got Maniac Mike here. Shout out to Donnie Wahlberg. Shout out to Donnie Wahlberg. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Donnie Wahlberg. No, honestly, though, like, like, 
Blind did an album called 40 Ounces of Freedom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was, um, that was this guy named Miguel College uh, Audio Recording Project. That happens to be one of the greatest sounding records I think I've ever heard for a, a million different reasons, but one of the main reasons was the vibe of that record. It, you know, it wasn't like the greatest gear that was ever used for a recording, but I mean, that band was just on it. They had all kinds of great things happening, and it got recorded in, in probably a similar way. It was a really big party, I feel like. It sounds that way anyway. <laughs> it does. It really does. The, the energy of the band and the looseness of the situation and the vibe, like, it all makes its way into the recording. And hopefully those are the kinds of things that make it into our recording. Cool, cool. That's cool. I also may be able to recite every lyric ever written by Bradley Knoll, and maybe I'm able to play every song that they ever played. <laughs> nice, dude. That's John awesome. Phillips, the old manager of Sublime, who found them, is actually uh, the manager of Fishbone and Slightly Stupid. And oh, yeah. at uh, some point in our lives, uh, we have all played with each one of these bands. Uh, big up to John Phillips at Silverback Management. That's the man right there. We're actually opening up for Fishbone at Direct Support. On December 28th at the Gramercy Theater, if you guys are around. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, man. Word. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, Shinobi Ninja, it was great talking to you guys. We're going to wrap this up. Why don't you uh, get all your plugs out, promote whatever you got to promote, and then we're going to let you go. First and foremost, Google the band. Yes. Shinobi Ninja. Two words. S-H-I-N-O-B-I. Ninja, N-I-N-J-A. Nice. Then, if you're really into it, we're on the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Tumblr. What else are we on? We got drugs, 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 yo. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, YouTube, the SoundCloud. Pretty soon you're going to be able to see and uh, listen to every single Shinobi Ninja song from the album Escape from New York on YouTube. On YouTube, nice. And don't forget about the burnout video. That's dropping December 22nd, man. Burnout. That's right. We have a 68 Dodge Charger. We got a 68 Chevrolet Camaro. Drag racing. Clouds of smoke. New York City (laughs) urban scene. Cops. (laughs) Flashing lights. What date is that? December 22nd? That's right. That's a burnout video. That's my birthday, bro. Get off! Fuck yeah! <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg. Featuring Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg. Yes! <laughs> I love you guys. We love you. <laughs> you guys are amazing. Much love, you yeah. Much appreciated. Mm. Alright, well, thank you for talking with us, guys. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, dude. Thanks for taking the fellas, y'all. Thank oh, you. Hello. We will call you guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. Party on. Yes. <laughs> Take care. Excellent. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye. All of them. Excellent. Party on. Party on, Wayne. That was fucking that, cool. That was cool. All right, guys, we're taking a break. We'll be back. We might be back. All right, Robin Slim Show. We are back, and we have uh, Director Brandon Ford Green on uh, on the air with us. What's going on, Brandon? This is the second time you're on our show. Um, 
Once again, yeah. promoting. Thank uh, you for having me. I have this crazy echo going on right now on my phone. Um, let me see. I'm not sure. We've we've been having it, issues, so I don't know. Let me. Do, can I, do you mind if I call you back in like ten seconds? All right. Yeah, that's fine, man. All right. Cool. All right, dude. Robert Sum Show. Hello, this is Brandon. Hey, Brandon, how you doing? Good. Still got that echo, but Still I'll just I'll just try to concentrate way harder. Okay. All right, we're sorry, sorry about, about that. About that. Probably something on our end. That's all right. What uh? How you guys doing? Good. How you doing, man? Good. Good. Uh, Thanksgiving was good. Nice. Just uh, plugging away with the movie. That's 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 me. Cool. Have cool. you gotten any farther with the uh, funding? Yeah, um, we actually had a, a a nice little jump over the last couple of days. Um, so we're we're a lot closer to our goal. Cool. Um, we're um, uh, let's see. We end on Sunday night. So. Wow. So we're hoping to uh, rally and get that. That last bit in, so we can finish shooting. Nice. And that's planned right now for uh, mid-January. Hmm. Yeah. Now the the movie is uh, Good Grief, and it's uh, about a funeral, right? And, and the friends reunite for it. That is correct. It's uh, it's about eight friends who go go back to their hometown in um, the Midwest uh, to attend the funeral of their good friend. Who um, who is a comic artist, and you know they end up dealing with all their old problems that they kind of swept under the rug years ago. Yeah, that's cool. What uh? Now you were inspired by uh, Charlie Brown, right? He was inspired by a lot of things, but uh, yeah, Charlie Brown is probably the biggest inspiration for it. Uh, Charles Schultz's Peanuts characters. Um, you know, I used to read the Peanuts when I was a kid, and um, um, yeah, I've, I've pro there's pro there's about fifty years worth of Peanuts comic strips, and I've read about eighteen. Oh wow, <laughs> that's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of comics. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any ones that really, like, stick out in your memory? Say that again? Do you have any, like, specific uh, ones that stick out in your memory? Yeah. One of my favorite things is when, uh, I don't know, Charlie Brown said something to Lucy, and Lucy said to him, Charlie, uh, out of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you are the Charlie Browniest. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> hilarious, and they end up putting in one of the cartoons as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. kids were just up for Thanksgiving, and they, what was it, the Thanksgiving special? They love it, man. I just, I don't get it. Like, even as a kid, like I loved it, but now I just, I watch it. I'm like, it's so depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas one was good. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you read if you read the Peanuts comics, they're pretty dark. Mm. They're not, you know, they're not happy and you know 
fun-loving like everyone thinks they are. Yeah. But, um, you know, they just have like a, because it's a cartoon, it's kind of, it's not, it's not like, you know, cartoons nowadays. Like if the peanuts were made now, if they were new now, it would have a much different connotation. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Brown's definitely like uh He's definitely like a manic, depressed kid. Like, he yeah. Really, he really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> then he just keeps on listening to, to Linus, and Linus ends up just, and by no fault of his own, but Linus always ends up dicking him over. Mm. Like, somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always, yeah. They're great. Yeah. Uh, there's so many. I mean, there's, you know, still years and years of comic strips that I still need to read. I, I plan on getting through all of them. It's just, you know, I'm, I got burnt out after a while. I was like, right, I need to put these down for a little bit. <laughs> so now how do you get a hold of them? Do you just have, like, they just keep getting mailed to your house? They have these, um, they have these uh, collected books that yeah. have, there's a, there's a set and it comes with two books and each book has two years in them. So I have about, I think I have about five of those sets. Oh, wow. I have about ten full books. Nice. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Is it, what kind of soundtrack do you have in the movie? Uh, we're going for a, a, a jazz soundtrack. Like um, I don't know if you've heard of an artist called Brad Meldow. I'm a big fan of his work. and uh, I've been using his, his music as a template for the film right now. It's just basic... Uh, upright bass, piano, and drums. And Brad Meldow's great because he does a lot of cover songs too. Like he does a cover of um, "Baby Plays Around" by Elvis Costello. He does a cover of "Hey Jude" from Jimi Hendrix. He does one of um, he has he has a cover of "Paranoid Android" by the uh, by Radiohead. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, that's pretty, awesome. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And now, how long have you been uh, working on the movie for? How long have I been working on the movie for? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, the I got the idea back in 2002. It was originally a sketch. Um, I was in a sketch comedy group, and I wrote this long 15-minute sketch, and everyone's like, you're insane. There's no way we're going to do a 15-minute sketch. <laughs> you're better off making it into a stage play. So I sat down... <laughs> With a with a partner, a writing partner, maybe three years later, because I'd never written anything before, and um, we tried to hash it out, and it just it just wasn't working out the way we wanted to, so we kind of scrapped the idea, and then three years after that, I just had this epiphany about how I was going to go about writing it, and you know I hired, um, well, not hire actually asked friends of mine who are actors to workshop the the uh, the script with me and they were they were very very helpful um, um, in getting me to write it and we improvised a bunch of scenes and after a few months I started putting pen to paper and then uh, nine months after that I had a script and for four years I just kept doing workshops and rewrites and I probably went through about I don't know, 15 or 20 rewrites of that script. Wow. Yeah, over four years. With a and sketch then we, comic um, Sorry. Uh, last November, I got approached by a producer to uh, 
to actually make the film. And then in June, we nice. started shooting it. We shot for three weeks, and we did a rough cut over the, over the summer, and now we're, we're where we're at now. That's cool. With the sketch comedy group, did, did you tour a lot? No, it was just it was just a you know a couple of you know actors in Los Angeles wanting to do something. So we hmm. got together in this horrible, horrible theater. This place that's run. I'm not going to say his name, but it's run by this Satan, jerk, this freaking moron of a guy. But we, you know, it was free space, so we're like, screw it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this guy, this guy tried to convince us that he was the ghost writer on Star Wars Episode Two, and we're like, whatever, dude, <laughs> just give us a free space. <laughs> yeah, because I did some improv in like high school, and I, I didn't know if it was like that or. Yeah, you know, I was really scared of improv in high school because <laughs> we had some really good improvisers when I went to high school, and I just. Wanted nothing to do with it. I'm like, if it ain't scripted, I can't touch it. And then it wasn't later and on after I got out of college and started coming to, came out to L.A. and started doing theater out here. I was like, yeah, maybe I should give this a shot. So I went to Second City for for about a year, and that changed my view of everything. So That's cool. You've done a lot of acting, right? I have. I've been acting for for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, I started when I was six years old. My father was my first acting teacher. He was a wow. he was a director and an acting coach. Uh, I just did it for fun, and I did I started taking it seriously when I was about fourteen in high school. And then you know I fought it for so long. I'm like, actors starve. I don't want to do that. But then, you know, someone convinced me to audition for these conservatories, and I got into both of them. So then I decided to I picked one, and I'm like, all right, this, I guess that's what I'm going to do. So that was that. Hmm. So I was curious. You said that you uh, spent like four years writing the script and rewrote it like fifteen times. Where it's at now? Are you completely happy with it, or are there still things where you look back at it and you're like, ah, I kind of wish I changed that? Um, no, I, w I would say I'm pretty happy with it. Um, That's good. I mean, after a while, I, it got to the point where I was just tinkering like words here and there. I was like, you know. I gotta put this. I gotta leave this alone and let it be what it is. Or I, I mean, I could probably be writing that thing for another ten years if I really wanted to. But sometimes you just gotta let the you gotta let the bird fly. Yeah. Uh, let the shit hit the fan. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, anymore. I mean, I. Well, the cool thing is, I uh, we ended up getting a script doctor for. Um, for the film, and he was a huge help in helping me uh, shape shape the um, structure of the film and take it all. I had a character in there since the beginning, and from day one, he was like, "This character needs to go. He's not helping <laughs> whatsoever. That's the first thing we need to do." And I'm like, "Okay," and it just opened up all this new stuff, just getting rid of one person. Wow. So. I can't believe there's actually a job title out there called Script Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are people that, you know, that are, they know certain formulas of a script, and they, you know, they, they're they there basically to play devil's advocate and fight you on everything tooth and nail. <laughs> um, but ultimately, I mean, we worked really well together, so ultimately, uh, you know, 
it was he was awesome. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. He's actually he's, his name is Aviv. Hope I'm getting his name right. Aviv Rubenstein, and he is also he also has a film coming out. It's called The Anchorite. It's about a band that travels from one side of the country to the other, um, and you know they break up and get back together, and it's very. It's very indie and you know a lot of improvisation and it's it's really really cool and the thing about it is is he's actually the lead singer in this actual band called the Anchorite, which oh, wow. is in Los Angeles. So if anyone listening um, gets a chance to see the Anchorite, check them out. They're really good. Do you do you think he would do an interview with us? Uh, probably. Yeah. Cool, cool. cool. I'll he's a good guy. He's funny too. So. Yeah. Cool man. <laughs> I think you guys would dig him. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I said you were in Hancock, right? No, I wasn't in Hancock. I did oh. voiceover work for Hancock. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a part where they're doing, you know, people call to this radio station um, in Los Angeles. Call, I think it's Power 106 is the the, the Los Angeles station, and the the, the DJ is a uh, big boy in the morning and you know, we're, you know, I was just basically riffing with questions that he would ask or people would call in saying that they saw Hancock flying across the, <laughs> the sky. And I just had to, you know, come up with a couple characters and, oh. I, you know, honestly, I don't even know if they used my voice in that movie, <laughs> but I got paid and I got the credit for it. So nice. that, that's well, cool. Yeah, man. It's all that matters. So you got any other projects you're uh, working on or any plans for anything after Good Grief? Um, There's a new CSI show coming out called CSI Cyber, and I play a character on one of the episodes coming up. um, It's a detective. Um, I got a scene with um, Patricia Arquette, and I got a scene with uh, James Vanderbeek. Cool. Yeah. Vanderbeek is the best man he's yeah he seems like a cool dude yeah i was a big fan of him what was he in um jay and silent bob strike back yeah, i think he was in that he yeah. was amazing yeah he was in that movie you're right i forgot about that him and uh, jason biggs yeah <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that part that was awesome no he I, whoever his manager is or his agent was really smart in getting him that role and don't trust to be in apartment twenty three like let's look Neil Patrick Harris brought his career back by playing a hybrid of himself. maybe you should do the same and it worked <laughs> yeah so yeah he's a really good actor he, one of his best roles is in this movie called uh, Rules of Attraction oh yeah. Which, actually, I don't know, a lot of people don't know this, but the guy that wrote American Psycho wrote Rules of Attraction. Yeah. And Patrick Bateman's, Patrick Bateman, who uh, Christian Bale plays in American Psycho, James Vanderbeek is the younger brother of that character. Oh, wow, that's cool. I'm going to have to watch that movie. That movie was amazing. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. So those movies are actually connected to each other? They're like... They're only really connected by the Bateman brothers, but mm. they don't. You don't really, unless you knew they had the same last name. There's really no connection. I don't think he ever talks about his brother. Yeah. I, I used to have that on DVD, and my ex-wife destroyed it because the first scene is just so repugnant. She hated it. So it's oh a, yeah, it's all it's 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 pretty gross. But the um, but the filmmaking. I mean, the, the cinematography in that film is 
unbelievable. Yeah. I was like, Christian Bale was he nailed he nailed that character in uh, American oh, yeah. Psycho. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Mm. Yeah, he was. It's, that was spine tangling. Like that yep. was. Like... Rules of Attraction is amazing. Yeah, it's 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 a it's one of those films that not a lot of people know about or remember. Yeah. But if you've seen it, it's really hard to get out of your head. That was my favorite film of that year. Yeah, the movie's great. <clears throat> I think it was two thousand two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's correct. So what? Uh... I have this weird talent for memorizing dates of movies. <laughs> what? Uh... But I can tell. Say again. Now go on. I'll, I'll ask when you're done. No, I was being goofy. I was just saying I, I I can name any movie that's won Best Picture between 1967 and present. Nice. <laughs> I was actually going to ask stupid, you. It's a stupid trivia thing. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe one day it'll help me out. Hey, off. Off. <laughs> but no, what I was going to ask you is uh, for like movies that have came out this year, what do you think is like, really good? Whiplash. I haven't even heard of that, about that. You oh man, you gotta see Whiplash. Whiplash and Love is Strange are probably the two best films I've seen this year so far. Really? What is uh, Whiplash? Whiplash has Miles Teller in it and um, J.K. Simmons. Miles Teller is actually getting ready to play Mr. Fantastic in the new Fantastic Four movie. And oh, nice. um, J.K. Simmons played uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man yeah, movie. Yeah, okay, yeah. right. Um, it's about this this kid who is a he's a he's a jazz drummer and he wants to be the best, and so he goes to this music conservatory. And J.K. Simmons' role is, you know, the, the professor, and he's got his own jazz band, and he basically mentally tortures this kid for an entire year um until like you know the shit hits the fan and it's 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 a drama but it plays like a thriller like i was on the edge of my seat the entire movie i'll have to check that out now that sounds pretty cool yeah it's nominated for some independent spirit awards i know that nice and love is strange is about um this older gay couple in New York and they're one of them loses their job um, and they can't afford their rent so they're forced to be separated for you know an extended period of time and it's 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 kind of a heartfelt film it's got um, Alfred Molina and oh, what's the, John oh guy from the, uh, Third Rock from the Sun what's his oh, name oh love it no. No, no, uh, no, no, not John Lovett. That's um, John, uh, John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Lithgow. Yeah, John Lithgow. he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, great film. Nice. Do you watch uh, documentaries at all? You know, I don't see as many as I should. Uh, I have this thing about watching, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I just personally have a thing about watching documentaries in the theater. I'd, I'd rather watch documentaries at home. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know why that is. I, the same thing with foreign films. Like I like watching foreign films and documentaries at home. So I watch them on Netflix a lot, or if, I'll, if there's a video store down the street from my apartment, I'll rent them at the video store sometimes. But I don't really go out and see them in the theater. Yeah, but you do. Uh, you this go out. Weird thing I have. You go out to the theater a lot, though. Like you see like everything, or 
I see as much as I possibly can. Like I saw, um, I saw the new Chris Rock movie last night, uh, Top Five. Oh. Wow. Um, I saw I saw Mockingjay Part One this oh. afternoon. Yeah. Um, I saw Exodus. I saw this new Jennifer Aniston movie called Cake. I nice. saw Wild, that new Reese Witherspoon movie. So. So you don't miss anything. You see like every single movie that how comes was, out. That's crazy. How was Exodus? I try. I try to see as much as possible. It's amazing how, um, you know, in the the cutting of the film, we we I spent we spent two months, my editor and I, uh, cutting together the film, and then I just walked away from it for about for about a good three weeks to a month, and then we <laughs> we went back to uh, you know cut more stuff out, and it was amazing how much how much better the film was just based on me watching other films and learning what, you know, the mistakes and the successes of other films were. So, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, student when it comes to watching films. Cool, man. That's cool. Oh, uh, last time we talked, you mentioned that you were a huge uh, Kevin Smith fan. And I, I don't know if we asked yeah, you or not. Yeah, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Had you ever, have you ever met Kevin Smith? Uh, I've met him twice. One time he was, when I first moved to L.A., he was doing a signing, uh, and I got him to sign my Dogma DVD. Nice. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, and, you know, I told him, I was like, yeah, I think you're one of the best screenwriters in Hollywood. He's like, oh, it's real sweet, man, thanks. And he was, you know, he was really nice. Yeah. And the second time I met him was at Comic-Con. I, um... The, he was showing footage from Red State before Red State came okay. out, and I went up there, and I, you know, I just, you know, riffed with him and told him that I loved the scene, and I just read, finished reading this book about him, and he said, if you ever see me, um, and I'm looking, you know, fatter than usual, tell me to, to cut out the eating, <laughs> um, and I, and that's funny, I said something to him about it. And he goes, well, you can't, you probably can't tell, but I've lost about 60 pounds, but you can't tell because I'm, I'm wearing this huge, you know, hockey jersey. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, the he's like but, but thanks for looking out, man. He's like, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, don't stop, don't stop bugging me about that shit. <laughs> like, right. cool. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, I heard he's a guy that will do, like, a show, like, just talking and, like, just keep going till they kick him out. Oh, he will talk and talk and talk. Like I went to go, I went to Comic Con this year as well, and I was going to, I went to go pour a good grief because I, you know, he's in Hall H, and if you know anything about Comic Con, Hall H has got like sixty thousand people or something crazy like that, and then wow. it ends up going on YouTube. So the last time I had talked to him, I had just finished a short film version of Good Grief, and you know, I was like, okay, I made these buttons. And I'm going to hand him this button. And I just had it in my hand, in my mind, to hand him this button. And I forgot to plug the freaking Facebook page to everybody. I'm like, I just blew 60,000 possible new fans oh. just to hand this man a button. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fuck it. This year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be successful. So I went up to the line, and everyone's like, you know, you can't. You can't be up in line just yet. We're not starting the line, so. But I know you got to be closer in line because Kevin will just talk and talk and talk, and you won't have an opportunity. Well, <laughs> long story short, I ended up 
turning my head for 30 seconds and then all of a sudden the line started and I ran up and I ended up 10th in line and he only wow. got through nine people. Oh my God. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That sucks. <laughs> but, you know, everything, you know, they say everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I guess the reason was because I turned my head, but whatever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're going uh, to wrap it up? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, Brandon. Well, thanks for talking to us again, man. This is great. Yeah, um, yeah of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank yeah, you. Man. Uh, why don't you get all your plugs out, and then we'll let you go. Yeah, um, who's ever listening, go to uh, Indiegogo.com and type in Good Grief, um, and please... You know, pledge whatever you can. I know it's the holidays. I know times are tough, but uh, we're really close to our goal. And if we make it by by Sunday, we'll be able to get those last shots out. Get ready to. We can uh, finish our edit. We can start our color correction. So any dollar amount will help. We got some comic books. If you're a comic book fan, we got some great comic book perks on there and other things. Um, also, if you're on Facebook, we're at Good Grief. Uh, Good Grief Film Fan Page. I know it's too long. i got to shorten it. But Good Grief <laughs> Film Fan Page on Facebook. And we're on Good Grief Film on Twitter. Nice. All right. Yeah. Take care, man. All right. Thanks again, guys. Yep, no, no problem. problem. Thank you, brother. Bye. Bye. It's funny how much better that was without telling. <laughs> like, we got so much more out of him that time. Yeah. Well, he was laughing on the on the email when I told him about. Yeah. What Dylan? Yeah. Well, like, even if you listen to both interviews uh, like back to back, you'll see the difference because there was like, it was just uncomfortable. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. It was not anything like the conversation we just had with him. No. So, all right, guys. Um, we'll see you next week. Uh. Check us out on Facebook, Robin Slim Show. We're on Twitter, Robin Slim Show. Uh, all that good stuff. Google us, you'll find us. And, uh, yeah, full shows on SoundCloud. Uh, clips up on YouTube. And that's it. Fishmas. Fishmas. <laughs> Later. See ya.